Hello, everyone. Welcome to the E Pray Thought Podcast. I am your host, Savoy Anthony Jefferson, aka the number one thought ally, aka the undisputed bussy champion, aka top five bussy dead or alive, aka this is the essence of a bussy, aka fat bitch pussy. Bussy. Bussy. Damn it. Fuck. I've been doing so fucking well. Anyways, y'all know who I am. Welcome you to episode 305 of the Eat, Pray, Die podcast entitled Memoirs of a Bussy. Yes, Memoirs of a Bussy. Um, there are probably multiple memoirs about Bussy, but this is the memoir of a Bussy, which means this is grade A bus. Okay. What are the memoirs about Bussy? I don't know. I just felt like, you know, somebody done told a story about getting fucked in the ass somewhere mm. in a memoir. Who fucked uh, Richard Pryor again? Marlon Brando? Yes, 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 yes. Marlon got all up in them goods. You know who at Quincy, <laughs> Quincy Jones has memoirs of a pussy because he's telling everybody business. Exactly, exactly. Ooh. Ooh a legend. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Richard Pryor getting his guts yeah, rearranged by Marlon, or was Marlon Brando getting his guts rearranged? You know what? Something about something about um, Richard gives me bottom vibes, or like verse bottom vibes. Verse bottom, yeah. And Marlon now me next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Marlon gives me very strong top energy. Really? Yeah. Marlon, Marlon gives me bottom. Really, Marlon? Mm-hmm. Maybe because he's white. And no, sh- <laughs> you know, I say some problematic shit on here mm. and I promise y'all I am the least problematic. You know what? This is what no, problematic no, no, people no, no, say. No, exactly. You know, but nonetheless, <laughs> introduce as always, I'm going to introduce my co-host who has already started talking and it's problematic, but not problematic. Amber Milan. <laughs> Sorry, you know who was something that I, that I said that was very problematic that I recently was brought up was talking about how I wanted to ride Merlin Santana from the grave. No, that wasn't that wasn't problematic. For me. <laughs> that that I feel the same way. My God, Marlon Moore. So today is the the um fifteen. No, yeah, no, the his it's an anniversary. Seventeen, yes, and seventeenth anniversary of Marlon passing away. Yeah, um, we speak your name, Marlon. Yeah, um, we want to ride you from the grave. Jesus, God. <laughs> hey, Marlon, you think you can? You think Marlon, you can still get it erect? Mm. No, Mar- Marlon. You know Marlon had a good fat Dominican dick. Oh, <laughs> I know Marlon. I papi. Yes, yes. <laughs> The type of motherfucking dick that like he stick it in you and he fucking you and you like, you're like, you're no, like no, it's problematic, problematic. <laughs> All right, let me let me All get right. to my AKAs before we lose before we lose our whole Latino audience. Fuck Amber. Fuck. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I What's swear this? none of us have been drinking. <laughs> none this. of us have been drinking. You know, it's Jason's chaotic energy. It that is, is. What, it what it is. is. It's his chaotic exactly. energy. This motherfucker talking about Afro beats on the motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Anyway, uh, hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Amber, aka emo black girl, aka Amy Depressants, aka sex operator extraordinaire, aka thick bitch looking for a fat dick, aka I'm here. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> AKA Tisha Campbell Tease. 
Y'all, this is our second episode of the day. Amber, I'm loopy. Am, Amber is delirious. I was for a second was thinking something was wrong with my stomach, but then I realized my jeans are just very tight and I had to take my belt off. Um, Because I was like, what the fuck is going on with my stomach? And I'm like, oh shit, no, nigga. Like, my jeans was like, no, bitch, we been pressed on by these tight ass jeans. So I had to take my belt off. You had to get comfortable. I had to get comfortable. I'm about to un low key about to un just undo the button. But anyway, do it. We ain't gonna be able to see it's it. Fine. Look, look. Anyways, um, be free. Look. This is our second. I got haul. new drawers on too. Yes, um, new cute. Yes, Where do you get new, your new drawers? I got these from Uniqlo. Okay. This is regular white bikini breeze. Cute. And we were, Classy. you know, it was a very popular conversation on Black Twitter yesterday about music, about underwear, and people being um, underwear snobs. And to those girls who ha- are underwear snobs, I have to ask: Do you have like a place to stay um because a lot of time the girls a lot of time the girls talk about places talk about like this expensive shit but like y'all living with y'all mamas so that's why you can afford calvin klein underwear however i am running a business this is problematic and and i wear uniqlo we're cutting this as well as asos so anyway Come on, classism. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. No, I'm joking. All right, our guest today. <laughs> I'm ready to get the fuck ASAP. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What would you do if I tell you to eat my pussy right now? <laughs> Shout out to a queen. Shout out to Tokyo Tony, a legend. A problematic queen. A problematic queen, yeah. a yeah. legend. Yeah. She yeah, looks great too. Yeah. Like the more she like gets, you know, more yeah. money and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello, good morning. <laughs> Ryan, we now always like this. Just be all. Okay. All anyways. Today's guest is Ryan Sides, a brand strategist, marketing executive, a writer. His work has been featured on Complex, Washington Post, Ebony, and various other sites and publications. Busty Hive, please welcome Ryan, who, by the way, y'all, when the intro <laughs> song was playing, Ryan lift his leg up like a real stripper. <gasps> I and missed I just, that. Yeah, no, he really did. He lift the whole leg up. It was very, it was very limber. Okay. Uh, hi everybody. Hi. Um, do I do my AKAs now? Or do I you yeah, can. Yeah, yes, please do your AKA. Um, it is Ryan, aka Young Throwback, aka yes. Young Flip Flop, aka Mister Coin Collector. Um, I think we good with those. The point was made. Points were made. Points were made. Mister Flip Flop. By Flip Flop, do you mean in yes, the bedroom? Sure yes. Okay. Amen. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So you giving dick in? That's really it. Okay. And t- I want all things that are for me. Oh. <laughs> Solange said, do nothing without intention. <laughs> Solange said, do nothing, do nothing without intention. <laughs> Ryan, anything you would like the bussy have to know about you? <laughs> I feel like that's that's really... Those are the things that you, you do nothing without intention. That's it. <laughs> Y'all, today's episode is about to be really ignorant. I apologize. <laughs> all right. All right. Do nothing without intention. That's it. Mm. Mm. All right. I did a lot of things with intention yesterday. Um, and that's why Ryan didn't get these questions to one, <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon. I hit Ryan yeah, with that. Smooth texting was like, hey, sis, so. <laughs> Here you go. Trade is coming over. <laughs> Just need you to know. 
these questions are going to be a little late. <laughs> Amber called me and I was like, Amber, I can't answer right now. I just sent you the first episode's questions. We'll talk about the second episode in the morning. Get off my jack, please. And first of all, let me tell you something. Savoy calls me constantly. Exactly. And it's so mad at me because I like, just text me, just text me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, re- I'm gonna fuck it I'm up. I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm gonna call him. I'm about to ah, switch ah, some shit ah, up. Ah. I'm listening, okay? Then he like, oh, I, I can't, I can't talk, I can't talk. That's how it go. Yes. Mm. Shout out to the young man <laughs> who made me feel like a whore and a queen. <laughs> he made you feel like oh, Billy Porter. He literally made me feel like a whore and a queen Please. all, all in the night. It was very. I've, I've just never. I've never. I'm gonna had, call you Sister Mary now. Yeah, I've never had a man do the things that he did to me. A whore and, and a queen. And yes, and he he did he did a the autobiography of Savoy. Yes, forward um, by Ryan Sands. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, a whore and a queen. It was very good. I was very surprised. Um, I was blessed. Mm-hmm. So full. Yes, and then then he like he's a color and he kissed. It was like it didn't feel like we just met forty eight hours ago. <laughs> it felt that's like, the best thing. Exactly. It felt like we had known each other for some time. I see you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I see, Your see bodies were connected. Uh, we were very you know? much. And he's a Scorpio, so I think that helps. Yeah, because he was matching your freaky. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He told me to do and the mysterious. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's also my too. first uncut penis. Wow. That'll change your life Let's now. Talk, well, we... <laughs> Shout out to uncut penises. Yes, y'all deserve. Y'all do deserve. Y'all don't get enough praise. Because yeah. let me tell you something. That uncut penis was phenomenal. Because when they throw it back. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my God. And I didn't mind. I actually didn't mind the extra skin. I was like, this is fine. And, like, the the head is very sensitive. So when you're doing all your little extra tricks on it. They the, feel it even exactly. more. Exactly. Mm. It's like the volume's turned up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like <laughs> the Jennifer Hudson of dicks is what you guys. <laughs> ah, ah. I am done. Not the Jennifer Hudson of dicks. You know what? We're not doing this today. <laughs> Ooh, all right. All Thank right. Thank you. Very, very kiki wired. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kiki, we speak your <laughs> so name. We laid up with 13 kids. Mm. <laughs> Kiki. It was giving that kind of energy. He listens to the podcast, too. That's Shout actually, out to you. Yeah, that's actually how he found me. But anyways. Um, Shout out to the listeners. Shout out to the li- Because Savoy be asking for dick every episode. Ain't nobody ever really offered me dick. But for the first time, someone slid into my DMs and was like, look. I, I heard the advertisement. I'm willing to offer you dick. And I had to tell him, like, this doesn't happen often. And he was like, well, I'm I'm willing to Here give it, it to you. And he 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 gave it to me. What did we say? <laughs> what did we say, Savoy? Do nothing without Here attention. Do nothing. Here it is. Mm, including stuck in that well, if there's any straight men that listen to this. <laughs> listen, or bi men. Bi men, too. Bi men, too. Yeah. If you are interested in women. Mm-hmm. Well, Hit me up. Oh, do you want a woman? Are you ready for that? Um, I don't think you're ready for that. They be moving fast, Amber. You know, you like <laughs> to take you things go home very somebody slow. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, no, <laughs> I want like a young and May if I do date a woman. That's oh, like a, right. retweet. I, like I was <laughs> retweet that. Sure did. I want. Uh, I want a young and May. 
She's so going if to you leave are you a young and mad type, you, that's okay. That's, I don't need. She's going to leave you a Planned Parenthood. But we're going to have sex for seven hours. Okay. I'm going to have 5,000 orgasms. <laughs> I hear what lesbian women talk about. <laughs> I be listening. I be listening. Because I be like, damn, 5,000? Five, you know what? I and would, on that I note. I would like to see it. <laughs> so, like so Young and Mays or, you know, any men who are interested in women. Okay. All right. Hey, me. <laughs> Young and Mays. <laughs> And Rib and Young M.A.s. (laughs) Anyways, as always, we start the podcast with Bussy Pep Talks, which is one reason why the guests, myself and Amber, are proud of ourselves this week or we love ourselves this week. I would start with I am proud of myself for this week because I um, had great sex. And um, originally I wasn't going to talk about this, but I decided, hey, Y'all tell y'all every motherfucking thing anyway. <laughs> Might as well just keep it going. Um, I had really good sex yesterday. It was some of the best sex I've had probably in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it Shout was, out to the listeners yeah. who listen. Mm-hmm. Who Come listen? on. Come on. Who listen. <laughs> who listen. Shout out to them. He also did nothing without intention. So I mean, shout out to him. He did nothing without intention. And he is a baby. A real baby. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's young. Yeah, he's young. That dick. He has you feeling like Billy Porter. Full grown. <laughs> that dick in the just the overall just skill. I was like, what? What are they? Gen Z is is a popping generation. You, the kids are all right. Yeah. Yes. The kids Very are. emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Is he Gen Z? Yeah. 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 Gen Z. Yeah. That nigga was born in the nineties. Oh. No. 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 In the two thousands. Oh. No. Wait. Oh. Okay. The nineties. No, no. The nineties is still late nineties. Like. Oh. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the 2000s. Damn, damn, I was, damn, I was, like, I got just I was like, oh, right. Oh. <laughs> just, I don't know what, y'all, I don't know what y'all he's for, Just for the record, since Amber done made me sound like a pedophile, <laughs> he is 23 and he'll be 24 next week. <laughs> I was no, not, no, bye. Amber, what, what's your pussy pimp talk? For? I was going to be like, Ryan, what's yours? Uh, <laughs> okay, Ryan, what's your pussy pimp talk for, <laughs> for the week? Um, I started a writing challenge last week. Um, there's no particular like there's no particular bent for it. it like mm-hmm. there's no theme. It is just um for establishing a practice, like a daily writing practice and okay. establishing uh some consistency and some uh what's the word? So, consistency primarily. And I have written every day this week and I'm so proud of myself. Yay. Yeah. Shout Why? out to consistency. Ooh, Shout out to consistency. Twenty one more days. Okay. <laughs> More importantly, Ryan, your voice is very smooth. Like it's like low key, like male phone sex operator. Good job. Thank you. Very, yes. yeah, very girl good. six. That's hey. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Hey. But six. But uh. six. But six. <laughs> <laughs> Flip flop six. Girl six. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all once again today's episode is about to be real ignorant, Amber. Um. This isn't necessarily about me per se, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I've talked about this like at length on the podcast. Um, but my brother mm-hmm. um, has a chronic um, illness, and where he basically like lost all like uh, function to like walk and like move. Basically, he's very young. Um, it's similar to like MS. It's called CIDP, I think. 
I sometimes I call it CIPD. Some I sometimes I don't I want to block it out of my brain mm-hmm. a lot of times. A word. Um so I don't know what it is, but um it it's been very hard for him, but he has finally like been showing signs that he's getting better. He doesn't use his cane anymore. Oh yeah, he doesn't use the cane no more. He yeah. only uses a cane when he wants to go to social security. You know, just to, you know, <laughs> Amber, you are not supposed to say that out loud. It's the podcast. <laughs> Somebody for the government is listening. Oh damn! They always but, listen. But he for real, he for real got this disease, y'all. Okay, like the papers are there. You know, oh, my brother can't move like that. But he moving better. Okay, so I'm very proud of him for doing that because that is something that has just been so hard for our family. And I'm proud that like our family has been able to kind of come together from that. And it's just been just like a really trying moment. But I'm just very happy that we're seeing some sunlight yeah. in this really, really dark tunnel. Mm. So um, I'm proud of that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So as always, we start with eat. Mm-hmm. I heard what that nigga said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason. Mm-hmm. Jason. What did Jason mm-hmm. say? Jason, nothing, Just keep it moving. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, our studio eyes once again is brought to y'all by Jason. He's become a very familiar guest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. His ignorance is on a whole new level today. Yeah. Amber nailed it with chaotic energy yes chaotic, chaotic energy. energy he's a sag chaotic yeah, ooh, energy. That. he's a sag mm. sages have chaotic energy but but <laughs> i love i love them y'all ain't seeing this motherfucker <laughs> playing these curls right now <laughs> talking about the curls I, are popping too the curls are popping. i hate <laughs> i hate him <laughs> anyways we are going to start the podcast with eat it's eat, pray, thought. So for new listeners who are listening because they just for the first time because they Ryan, mm-hmm. um, we start in order. Eat, pray, thought. Eat is going to be mild. Pray is going to be PG-13. And then, you know, thought usually gets triple X rated. Yeah, usually. triple X. Um, sometimes mild or wild. Sometimes, sometimes it's like a rated R. Yeah, sometimes. depending on the guest. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be triple X. Ryan, yeah, Ryan lifted his. Whole we gonna leg. see. Ryan, Ryan lifted that whole leg up. So, <laughs> and, he, and his name is Mister. One of his AKs is Mister Flip. Yeah, it's gonna be triple X. Um. All right. So, E. If starting first, if you had to compare your sex life to any fast food restaurant, which one would it be and why? Ooh, okay. Um, that is a great question. I, I was very proud of this question. Yeah. Fast food restaurant and why? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'ma say <laughs> I'ma say Popeyes, because when it's good it's great. Okay. <laughs> and then other times it's just not around. <laughs> That's such a good description. I'm gonna put that in like a Tinder bio. Because <laughs> it's, it's great. That mean you just go ghost on people sometimes? Yep. All right. I feel that energy. <laughs> I try not to go ghost anybody, but I'm real. Like, I, I would say I'm like quintessential Capricorn in that, like, all right, um, I really, this isn't working for me anymore. Um, y'all ain't shit. By the way. <laughs> y'all That's will fine. cut a motherfucker off. But like, and, but, but like, are... don't even give no warning. 
<laughs> they kind of give the warning. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, it's not going to come out of nowhere, but it is going to be very abrupt. Yes. Um, and I'm going to be very clear. And that's really it. Like, at this point, like, I've done all the work, all the back and forth. When I say that it's done, mm-hmm. you just got to accept it. Go with God, sis. <laughs> Go with God, sis. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Favorite edibles? Um, I am, I forget what they're called. They're like Mr. So, I, California spoiled me. Okay. Um, and I only get my weed when I'm in LA, in LA now, but... They're like they come in a green bag. They're like these chocolate chip cookies. They're ten milligrams per cookie. And when I tell you it, like it is the best body high I have ever had. I have a funny edible story. Um, that I'll share tell you. it with us. Please share. So, because I um, have one too. <laughs> my very, I, like I feel like everybody like their first edible experience mm-hmm. is like trash. The ghetto. Like the get one star <laughs> would not recommend. Point, um, point five stars. That's it. <laughs> Uh, but my good friend Xavier Delo, shout out to XD. Um, shout we were, out. A king. A we king. Stand. We have to stay in. A stand. Um, we went over to one of his friends' house in Brooklyn. Um, and it was like my first time having edibles. At the time I didn't smoke, I like just weed was not my thing. And so I was like, you know what? I'll do a little edible. I got a little time. Um, and so he's like, here's the brownie. Eat a fourth of this brownie. No more than a fourth of this brownie. So, of course. <sighs> I took a fourth of the brownie. I was like, bitch, that ain't shit. He didn't feel nothing. Grown, I'm grown. You ain't finna tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I ate two more fourths of the brownie. That's three Ooh. fourths of the brownie, right? Nigga, you still and you don't smoke. And I do not smoke. Right. And you're I have still never smoked today. before. So that's the first blessing. <laughs> but God. So we are sitting in his friend's uh, studio apartment, which means like there is just for clarity, there's no walls, there's no dividers. And like we're watching Jackie's back on YouTube. <laughs> and when she said <laughs> you know white this people this is some nigger <laughs> shit she said white Ooh, people child, the flavor <laughs> <laughs> when she said white people smell like the rain I lost it I was crying for like a smooth 30 minutes and this is like before it like had really hit <laughs> so by the time that it hit I was like couch locked so I was like XD like I'm whispering XD is sitting like right here I'm like whispering like XD I have to go pee and he was like bitch go pee like what (laughs) and so I get up from the couch but like I can't stand right so and like the room is spinning so I'm like all right, maybe if I just crawl to the bathroom these niggas won't see me I get on the floor and like I crawl and like I do like this SWAT team roll to the bathroom. <laughs> In my mind, I'm invisible. And XD was like, nigga, what are you doing? And I was like, I told you I had to go pee. <clears throat> I had to spend the night at this man's house who I'd never met before because I just could not make it home. I woke up so well rested, y'all. When I tell you the best sleep of my life and that I didn't have edibles Mainly because so. you, you wake up when your first experience on an edible, for me, I woke up just thankful. Yeah, because I was here. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I, I, I. <laughs> Still Nigga, here. My first edible was just in April at a wedding. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm going to have edibles at my wedding also. And I had a, and I gu- I had a gummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had one. Mm-hmm. But I also have never smoked weed a day in my life. Okay. So when I tell you, it started off fine. I didn't feel like I was like, I'm not going to feel anything. (laughs) 
first of all, I was having flashbacks, but I was having flashbacks of the present moment. <laughs> And then there was a moment where I started, I got out the car and I started limping, but nothing had happened. (laughs) And then I was seeing things. But the worst part was I called this nigga that I hadn't talked to in months and started a conversation at three o'clock in the morning with him that started like this. He answered the phone. Oh, you answered. (laughs) His response was, did you not want me to answer? I was like, no, I wanted you to answer, but I just didn't think you were going to answer. And then it just became a whole ordeal in which I told him all these things. And then I kept saying things like, oh, I'm not supposed to be telling you this because I really didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Capricorn would have hung up. <laughs> he's a raggedy ass cancer, so. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. He kept it going. Yeah. He kept it going because that's what they do. Contributed he, to the mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Edible. I, so I used to, y'all know, I used to like smoke weed, do all the drugs when I was like younger yes. and in college. And um, so when I used to do, edibles were different because you couldn't like buy them as readily. Mm-hmm. So we had a friend named Zoe who used to make like our edibles and she would make chocolates and caramels and mm-hmm. cookies and cupcakes and all this Come stuff. On. And she was so good at it. And so um, I used to eat them like every day. <laughs> but I, the thing about it, when you guys say that you woke up rested, I would still wake up high as fuck. <laughs> so, because she, I don't know what she put in that fucking butter, but bitches were fucking high. And so, like, I remember we had, like, these, like, we called them, like, our little sisters. And so, me and Janae, my friend Janae, we, um, we told them only eat a half of this. Do not eat anymore. And we monitored them. Like, we were like, don't do more than you can do. And, um, they, I think it was like 40 minutes and they still didn't feel anything. And so we were like, oh, and we were high. So we were like, I guess eat the whole thing. We should not have oh. let them do that. So that night was really weird because I think I had two cookies rather than just one. And then I think Janae also was, and Janae's thinking she's like in this on the ceiling, but she's sitting down next to me. Um, I have a fan. I think I'm going inside of the fan. So, and then... <laughs> I remember, I remember it was the next, I think we like ate the edible, let's say it was like 10 p.m., right? So the next day, we we in the cafeteria is breakfast, and it's like 9 a.m., and them our little sisters, myself, we were like, why are we still high? <laughs> like, this didn't go away. They thought that they were going to be high forever, and they were, they were like crying. Like, it was real. <laughs> It was real. <laughs> we we used to get really oh, high back in the days, and um, yeah, shout out shout out to us back Not in the shout day. Out. <laughs> shout out shout out to, to our drug habit. shout out to our drug habit because um, that was that shit was crazy. <laughs> so do edibles with friends absolutely be mm-hmm. careful with your edibles yes. have fun i think edibles are different nowadays so you can kind of monitor it mm-hmm. um but you probably shouldn't be high for more than 24 hours mm-hmm. like and you also probably you. shouldn't have any cellular device near you or be emotional mm-hmm. as Scorpio. Or make sure, I guess we need to just make sure that there's nothing on the ground. So if you want to just roll That's it. down, yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom, you yes. can do it. Clear exactly. path of egress. Exactly. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. We stand. 
best food delivery service and favorite restaurant to order from? Ooh, um, I use Uber Eats a lot. Me too. Um, yeah, Uber Eats has become my go-to, even though I used to stay in Seamless. Just, I, I don't know. I just like the, the way that the apps looked mm-hmm. for no real reason. Um, Uber Eats is just convenient now. It's right where I get my cars. Um, you be over a nigga house and it's like, you know what? I'm going to order the food on the way home. It just, it all. And it comes at the same time. The synergy is like, I'm, I'm all about the synergy and like a, a cohesive moment. Yes. Um, Ryan. <laughs> Amber, shut up. <laughs> because I am feeling him. Where do you order? Because um, we live close. That is it. Let me pull it up. Let me. What, what's your, what's let's your just last? Consult where oh. my last order was. I will tell you where mine is. Right now. I hate y'all. I know. I know. Mine was Brooklyn Blend for sure. Oh my god! I used to live right. Well, yeah. I yes, you, you did. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. That shrimp burger, baby. That shrimp burger is hitting. Baby, with the pineapple. Okay. That shrimp burger is hitting. Um, when I'm at work, I order from Granada Mama a lot. Okay, I don't think that's in my area, but I've Mm-mm. had that. This this one I'm in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. New Era Restaurant and Lounge. I get stew chicken and rice and peas from there probably like once a week and fried plantain is that and it's by the house yep okay new mm-hmm. era um i go to do you go to peri peri grill house i do not bitch go there <laughs> go <laughs> there that's just so fucking good that shit is lit as fuck <laughs> like the first p-e-r-i it's like have you been to like nando's yes it's like that I went to in Chicago. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. But it's like it's like so good. Nando's. Nando's is cool. I should have gone to Nando's when I went to London, but I was like, I've already had it. That's but I should have done yeah, it. That's where you go. That's, that's where, where you, you would go. Get it. <laughs> but I was like, whatever. Mm. All right, favorite fast food breakfast. Um, McGriddles. Uh, she's just that girl. Yeah, she's she's just that girl. <laughs> you don't compare where you don't compare. You just don't. Do you, you put egg on the um McGriddle? sausage, egg, and cheese okay. every single time, mm-hmm. and I dip it in uh, syrup. And when I'm at home, Sonic is like my number one fast food restaurant of all time. Mm. Um, so I get they have like the bacon, egg, and cheese on like the Texas toast. Stan. I don't think I've ever had Sonic oh, breakfast. Oh, It'll oh, change your life. Say, you never had. Sonic. I don't think I've had Sonic breakfast. Turn the wigs around. That's what it gives. <laughs> just turn, turn the wigs. Around. <laughs> just see a vibe. That's it. It's just, <laughs> see, see a motherfucking vibe. Uh, uh. So this is like one of my favorite random facts about you is that you wanted to be a wedding planner when you were in college. I did. I did. Okay. So do you believe in weddings? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. My wedding is like planned already. Okay, great. So what are we what are we having? Like appetizers, desserts. What are we doing? Oh, um, it's definitely gonna be plated. Like I've been obviously like there are a lot of weddings that are like um buffet. No shade to those girls. Very plated over here. Um it's going to be full service. Come on, very I, plated <laughs> over here. I don't know. I wanna go to your wedding. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to have for food. I'm gonna leave that to the boy. He can take care of like the menu, um, but there will be a weed bar. Okay. Um, we're going to have a this so there's this um, pizza spot in Boston called Cape Cod Pizza, and it is like hands down like the best pizza I've had in my entire life. They only make like personal pan sizes, and they do like just really like weird um, fun flavors. Like they have like a uh, I mean maybe not like really weird, but like they have like a feta and like this spicy honey and like spinach. So mm-hmm. good. Um, the crust is the key. But we're going to have that as like our um, after party like food truck and Shake Shack because I stand the burgers and the fries. Mm. 
I'm there. Mm-hmm. Nice. All you had to say was Shake Shack. Amen. Amen. Do you like the Shake Shack chicken sandwich better than the Popeyes? Certainly do not. It's good, but it is not better than Popeyes. Yeah, but it is a, she is a cute girl. She's she a very you, cute she girl. She will get you there. A spicy chicken sandwich from... Oh, she will get you there. She will get you there. What were they doing? Like a barbecue or something like that? I don't know. I can't remember. But I don't know why she's seasonal. That's what really Yeah, right. the spicy... Yeah, she is a why season, she seasonal. Because they don't like the blacks. You know what? Points there it made. is. Racism. Points were made. Points were made. Mm. Okay, last E question. What is one meal you see yourself making for your future family? Red beans and rice. Oh, come on. That's like my thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's like my comfort food. Like the food that I, like, you know, people ask you, like, if you could have one, if you had to have one meal for the rest of your life every day and never get sick of it, it would be red beans and rice. Damn. Fried chicken and like French bread. I'm like really, really fucking it up. But red beans and rice. Come definitely. on, French bread. Mm-hmm. That's how good as fuck right now. <laughs> I know. I was. Do you eat the red beans and rice from Popeyes? I do. Okay. I sure do. I wasn't sure if or like because you know sometimes people are like I don't eat that. Mm-hmm. I have to eat two piece, uh, two piece dark spicy biscuit, red beans and rice. Hit me with the lemonade and I'm out this bitch. Okay. How do you feel about the spicy chicken sandwich at Popeyes? I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm not gonna fight over it. I mean, but it's great. I'm not and the thing over about anything. it is, I don't think they're fighting over it. That's what it is. Thank you so much. Like, first of all, going into Popeyes in general when it's hot will test you. Will test you. They are. They have bulletproof glass in some Popeyes, so you well, already 25th. know shit is about to get popping. <laughs> you already know. Yep. So when they're saying people are killing each other over pop or, or it's sandwich, about. it's not what it's about. It's, it's being tried in a fucking line, and you're angry because you waited for a fucking hour and somebody stepped on your fucking toe had an attitude about it didn't say excuse me whatever the fuck it was mm-hmm. or and then on top of that there's a possibility you might not even have the sandwich available now let me tell you something Ooh. if I stand in this fucking and if I if I stand in this line and I get that you don't have a sandwich I'm leveling Harlem <laughs> let me tell you something TBT okay? sorry let to that man let me tell you something okay I was in LA me and my friend Zeus and we were motherfucking waiting and I said I said I felt in my spirit I said we gonna get up to this motherfucking thing to the thing and they gonna say they out and what motherfucking happened <gasps> we got up to the motherfucking we get, literally get up there and she's like oh we're Mm-mm. out and then on top of that how long was, did you wait it was only like t- 10 minutes but still got that damn, is a long that's too long till I get it exactly mm-hmm. but more importantly they had a two sandwich per car rule and I said well wh- what the fuck I wanted to today <laughs> so I was already upset just off the simple fact that I was only going if I if they were actually available I was only going to get one you know what I'm actually happy that that Popeye said two per car because y'all was out here on that first day acting a damn fool it was the second day asking yeah. for 10 fucking Popeye chicken <laughs> sandwiches the Nick Gers that's a, <laughs> that's who it was Shout out to Young Miami. <laughs> She's so fucking problematic and stupid, but I like her. <laughs> She's got spunk. <laughs> But fuck her though, for real. But like, she's funny. Oh, child. All right. So now we're gonna go into pray. We start pray the same way every single time. What is your passion? Um, my passion, I think, is connecting with people. 
um, I think one of like the best compliments or like one of the compliments that like stick when people like tell me is that I feel safe around you. And like that is so, so, so important to me. Like I seek to establish that connection with people um, to the point of like not f- not forcing in- intimacy, but mm-hmm. like I like we have to get past that, like that initial awkward phase. I don't like those periods and I want you to be comfortable excuse me so i'll like ask like really uh probing questions or i'll offer like really deeply personal information about myself so that Mm -hmm. you feel comfortable um so we can kind of like establish that rapport yeah i love that i felt that yeah (laughs) do you know your moon sign um i can tell you let me open this co-star app right quick shout out to co-star again that girl (laughs) that reads me every day You don't compare where you don't compete. <laughs> That's just it. Um, I am a Capricorn. What is it? Capricorn sign? Yeah. Okay, that's my main. Taurus rising, Libra moon. That's why I like you. Okay. You're mm. Taurus. Rising? Mm-hmm. I, like, I, like I, just, I love Taurus. Why do you that's because like- you're a Scorpio. They're so good. Yeah, I don't really fuck with them. Like <laughs> Damn. I don't know anything about any other sign but mine, which is also a very Capricorn thing, I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's actually surprising that you even believe in because most Capricorns are just like this is some bullshit no say like <laughs> <laughs> it's only so far <laughs> it's like oh this is cute okay yeah uh, yeah Capricorns would be like this is some bullshit <laughs> but oh child <laughs> I've only dated one Capricorn that wasn't a good experience was he a December Capricorn or a January Capricorn he was a December Capricorn okay they're different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was he emotional? No, he just wasn't shit. Okay. Yeah. Also, that is Capricorns. That is he just he just wasn't shit. I like them, but I don't know. It's the ghetto. Great person now. Or not great, but you know. He's tolerable now. He likes my Instagram posts. Okay. So. You know. I feel like a Capricorn a is good for like a power couple. Yeah. You know, yes. like if you want to be with somebody who is also going to be a boss. Yes. I feel like a Capricorn is like, because Capricorns are all about like making money, mm-hmm. you know, being great. That's why Michelle Obama and like uh, Barack Obama work really well together. Mm. Like, I just think if you want that type of love breaking a capricorn is probably like the hardest thing in the world to do first of all why do we have to break why do you have to but if you do you never want kudos to you you'll never want for another thing that's it but you're different because you like want to open up yes that's why i'm like that's weird that's that from a capricorn yeah that's that yeah you think so yeah you know we're not gonna do <laughs> we're not going to do this anyways okay so <clears throat> you work in social media yes um how do you balance staying in the know what is happening while still maintaining some type of space and energy for yourself you don't or i don't rather <laughs> tell us i wasn't truth. ready tell i love the truth um, honesty i like i because I, I try not to be one of those girls where it's like I'm tweeting. I need a social media break. That's that's so late. Like that's so late, girl. Just take a break. Like why are you telling me? Anyway, um, that's so true. But like I think about it often. It's like I need some time away, like to just mm-hmm. kind of like refresh. Um, but it's hard because like so much, so much, so much of my life is like tied into social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like even beyond my job. Like I've gotten jobs out of social media. I stay in the know about things through social media. The mm-hmm. majority of my friends that I've met and re- like that I'm close to in real life have mm-hmm. come from social media. If I want to find out about something that's going on, like within 
any community that I'm interested in or a part of, like it's going to happen on social media. So for me to take a break from that is like a concerted effort that I am going to be focusing on one or multiple things that are completely independent of social media. So like right now I've been trying to, or I started the writing challenge with the purpose of focusing on writing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm going to take some time to be less present on social media so that I can focus more on writing. Um, But so many people were just like, I want to do this. And like, I want to take part of this. And then so, it turned into like, all right, well, I'm going to be here to kind of like help keep you guys uh, energized and like uh, excited to participate. And so like it just kind of like skewed. So it's like, it's hard. Like you mm-hmm. can set that intention, um, but I don't know. I just keep getting roped back in. There are times where it's like, you know what? I'm just not going to go on my phone today. Okay. And you can tell, like, I feel the difference where it's like, that was nice. And then you just jump back into it. So. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Savoy? I'm just thinking about how many times I've had to... De- I delete Twitter, like, once a week. Really? <laughs> yes, I delete Twitter once. Because I literally... Amber will tell y'all, like, I hated Twitter. I was like... when yeah. I hated Twitter, but I was just like, I don't get it. And now that I've become low-key, like, low-key addicted to it. So It's to so the, addicting. It's so yeah. addicting. Like, and once was, you get it... Yeah, yeah, once you start to get it. And now I'm just like, I gotta get off. And, like, to the point that now I've, like, muted certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, Friends friends yeah or people that like i don't hate but i'm just yep. like i gotta mute you because i care about you ex- or 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 you're triggering me you know fair mm. um so yeah it's just been a very interesting place because i'm in a place where i'm trying not to look for validation but then yep it's easy to find validation it, it, through yes. social media yep. mm-hmm. amen um i just succumb to the addiction so uh yeah. But I lurk, but I lurk. I'm a lurker. So I don't, so it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm like, I know too much of the internet. Like, Mm -hmm. I know all the latest memes. I know all the latest, like, you know, videos, viral videos. Like, it's just too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to get a life. Or work on social media. (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) Amber, you already work in the ghetto that is I know the TV, TV is already so the ghetto. You can do social media. That is very true. Don't, don't the late don't. you know what? Maybe I should work in social media. Are there black people in social media? Yeah. I oh, mean, obviously, hey. black Twitter, duh. But like <laughs> Look, Ryan, T- Jasmine. Are you a black person? <laughs> are you a black person in social media? In social media. Right. Um, okay. Maybe, but I feel like I just literally know everything. Like, it's sick. It's sick in the head. I'm the person, like, in group chats that, like, I have seen everything that you've sent already. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Amber, get a fucking life. <laughs> the thing about it is, it's like you live at a very specific intersection of being a black woman. Excuse me. And being knowledgeable of, like, the social media space. Yeah. Um, and there are not enough. Mm. Right? Like, they are not, like they pay top dollar in social media because it's so new because it's so important because companies are spending so much money on social media. They have the budget. Um, and like black women in positions of power on the corporate side of social media, Mm -hmm. um, is like so rare. And so it's like, if you're thinking about a career change, that might be where you want to go. Okay. Well, we don't found you a new job. Come on. I am pivoting (laughs) over to social media. You found a new job. I, I also need to find Dick as well. well look, I was like, just, I was if we can, to... I mean, I know where to find it. I know where to go. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. I actually have like a. You a, rarely Dick. Come on, stable. A, <laughs> a 18, stable. Hashtag been, stable Dick. It's That's been it. Eighty-five years. 
<laughs> Hashtag consistent and caring dick. A uh, Taurus. I stand. But still, I'm okay on it. You know what? Stump it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Back to you, Ryan. Um, so, uh, what I find, I love that you are writing as well. And um, what is kind of like your overall goal with writing? Because I know that you've also transitioned into like more fiction as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, just tell me about that process. Yeah. Um, fiction has always, I think, been like my like my heart because like I love reading I love reading fiction stories um when I started off writing professionally it was like blogging so I was like a complex Karen Civil like doing those um like celebrity gossip pieces um and then it was like I don't I don't want to do this this is not like what I'm interested in like I don't care about these stories um it's not growing me in any way mm-hmm. um and it's not it's not it's not the industry's problem. It was just like, from, yeah. it wasn't working for Ryan. And so I took a step back, got into social got into social media because it was like, bitch, I'm always on social media anyway. And it just turned into a job. Um, <laughs> so then it, it came to a place where it's like, all right, um, XD actually, XD started the XD 30 writing challenge. This was like 2016. Mm-hmm. And so um, Crystal was taking a part of it. And she wrote this like really, really short story. I think it was called Something Quiet is About to Happen. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I'd seen her like write fiction. She's and a great writer, incredible writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I can't wait until like she steps into that more. Yeah. Um, but she wrote that story. I read it, and just like that format, it was like really, it was like the equivalent of like a one act play mm-hmm. or like a um, single scene shot and of a like single scene episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. It was like completely self contained, and then like the hook was like killer mm-hmm. um she ended up telling me later like what like the like the larger universe of that story was and like where that story came from but like even without knowing that it was still like a really really strong piece and i was like reading that it just kind of like sparked something in me and then mm-hmm. like i had the vehicle of xd's writing challenge to kind of like go like play and like find my voice with that um and then i started to like take it more seriously i've found some stories that like i loved and like started writing them and so for 2019 i set the goal of podcast pilot play so i want to write a podcast like a fictional podcast Mm -hmm. um write a pilot for a tv show and then write a stage play and then did the challenge to kind of like keep myself accountable and like actually make some progress on those things it's like the overall goal um I think the Issa Rae route. I don't necessarily want to write for TV, um, but I think I want to do a lot of singular independent projects. Like, I want to be mm-hmm. very Frank Ocean about, like, my writing process. Come um, on, Frank. <laughs> so, I want, yeah, I want to, like, write things that, like, are well-liked, well-received, but, like, important stories or, like, yeah. stories that people connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to have to be held to, like... TV writing schedules are crazy. It's insane. Um, part of why I moved to LA was to kind of like learn what that environment was like to mm-hmm. see if there's something I was interested in. And it was like going from like my cushy social media job to like the ghetto. Oh, baby. <laughs> I hate <laughs> ever the ghetto. It's like it's going back to chasing the check. But you know what? I will say this scripted is a little bit different than what I do because I work in like late night okay. or like reality doc style stuff so it's a that's truly the ghetto (laughs) but um but scripted is is better like when we're in late night we're like we want to get to the scripted we got to get into scripted but it's television's terrible guys it is it's rough you work so much desolate 
barren wasteland. Yeah. But some people are telling great stories. Yes. Um, they are. So that's yeah. the inspiration. Dope. I love so that. So how, how close are you to being done with the podcast? The Pilot and the play. The, yeah. Uh, the podcast. So it is a three episode story. Um, a little bit. So, and we might touch on this later. So my goal is to tell stories that are specific to or speak specifically to black gay men mm-hmm. um another i guess like crystal Jim, like she she said a while ago like i am here specifically for black women mm-hmm. and like hearing that was like radical for me it was like bitch what like you can do that and i was like i want to be that before like black gay men like mm-hmm. i didn't have like growing up in dallas like in texas like i didn't have any like touch point or any front for a uh, frame of reference so i was like i want to be that for me younger me um, and so with the podcast, it is a, like, it's a love story that's about grief. Mm-hmm. And so it's three, it's like a window into three different parts of the relationship. And I'm on the very, I'm writing like the very last episode. I'm almost done with the last episode. Um, the pilot is going to be something totally different. Um, and then the play is going to be an adaptation of the podcast. Okay. So, but don't give the girls too much. Okay. <laughs> you gave a very great synopsis yes. that it, like hooked me. Like I'm like mm-hmm. I want to know more, but not enough for the girls. Yeah, yeah, to steal because the, the girls I mean, steal. They could take the recipe and still not come out with the same cake. That is very true because a lot of that's mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Me and Amber know firsthand. Yep. <laughs> the energy that was felt just now <laughs> received, friend. Because we for I forgot for five seconds and then I remembered. <laughs> Come on, chaotic energy. Um, Jason is very much. I'm here for it. Yeah, he's Um, he's here for the shits always. Shout out to E. Preho. Don't shout out to them. (laughs) Oh, like you said before. Yeah, say shout out with me. Fuck you. (laughs) For clarity. For clarity. Uh, Anyways, um, you mentioned this that you were in LA. You kind of went. Um, to learn more about like TV writing and such. So you were in LA for a year, yes. <laughs> literally. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly a year. <laughs> what did that experience teach you? Um, it taught me how much I love New York. It taught it taught me how much uh, how important community was to me. Mm. Um, ironically, like I have a really strong friend network in LA now that I'm not in LA, and mm-hmm. I'm in LA f- now that I'm not there full time. But like I'm back and forth frequently. Um, I get to see like an entirely different group of friends. I have an entirely different experience with those friends now in LA mm-hmm. than I do here and different from when I lived in LA. Um, but yeah, it taught me how much, how important like community is. And like, there's just like a, a level of int- intimacy that's missing from LA, right? Yeah. Like living in New York, you <laughs> living in New York, like just like in your day to day, like you you go to work, you come home, you're on a subway car with like, 50 60 other people just like that that physical closeness alone is like a level of intimacy that you do not experience anywhere else mm-hmm. and then like it's nothing for me to get off work and be like all right uh one of my hit up one of my friends like i'm gonna meet you down at boxers and in, in chelsea mm-hmm. hell's kitchen and then like we start there and then like it turns into a night that doesn't happen in la no just like because of the real estate like it's impossible or like very very hard to do or very expensive. Um, and New York is like so accessible. Like you can hit all of the boroughs in a night. Um, on like a good night. I was about to say. Yeah. I don't know. Hit all of the boroughs. Yeah. You, you're not going. Listen, I'm stressed coming to Harlem. <laughs> 
a word. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, uh-uh. <laughs> How did we get here? Like, How? my friends live uptown, and I'm like, all right, I'm here today. That's it. Wait, have you actually hit all the boroughs mm-hmm. in one night? Even Staten Island. Two or three. Well, the, the trick is to start there. Oh. The trick is to start there. Um, have friends that live there. And it's like, oh, you know what? You have friends who live in Staten Island. Amber, <laughs> that Listen, is a horrible place. Sorry to that man. Like that is that is a place that you know what? Let me not say. That's really problematic. Racism is alive and well. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna say it. We. Can- Damn! Oh, wow! Wasn't expecting that. Wow! <laughs> How did we go there? I, I know. Mean, I was like, oh god. Anyway, fuck <laughs> so. Island. So the importance of community. Sorry. <laughs> the importance of community. Yeah, that that was like I think the key takeaway for me okay. living in LA. Got you. Because the LA is just weird. It's, it, it's, it's a it's a different energy. It's a different Very energy. I've I've come to appreciate things about it now. Um, because like, what gone. do you appreciate now? Um, it is. Would you say the weather? Oh, definitely the weather. Yeah, That's it's a a better um, it's a better standard of living. Like when people get off work, baby. That's you can email to your heart's desire. Just know that I'm not responding until 9 a.m. next business day. Um, yeah. And, like, I appreciate that. Because, like, I like I leave, I left my work phone at home. But, like, I'm I'm guaranteed, like, guaranteed to go home to, like, some work emails. Granted, like, I don't. I've gotten to the place where I can be like, no, I'm not answering that. Come. <laughs> but, Ooh, shout out to you. <laughs> but Ooh, it's child just, the wealth. That's more of, like, a, a cultural thing in L.A. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, here is like, a oh, radical, a, like, a radical. They'll get experience. mad at you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's what I appreciate about L.A. LA you know? does have, I think that's the one the good thing I, I will agree that it has that, like, L.A. is very much about, like, nine to five. Mm-hmm. And then after that, just enjoy your life. Girl, I see you at Mama Shelter. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Come on. Okay, you have worked in entertainment your entire career, or for majority of your career, mm-hmm. as well as worked in the two biggest cities for entertainment. Growing up in a small town, did you always kind of feel like you were too big for the city, or like this just it wasn't going to it couldn't hold all your greatness? Um, that is a very uh, thank you for putting it that way. Come I on. did not, <laughs> I would not have articulated it that way, but sure. <laughs> um, no, I think for me, so I was born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is like a really, really small town right on the Mississippi River. Um, my mom was, was born there. Uh, my dad lived there. Um, and she left with the mindset of like, this ain't it, yeah. So she mm-hmm. went to Dallas, raised us in Dallas. Um, and so, like, I always had, like, that like that mindset of, like, if you feel like there is better, if you feel like there is something, like, you were in a place that is not mm-hmm. servicing you, leave. Mm-hmm. And I got that from her. So I'm thankful for that. And it wasn't so much that, like, I felt too big for Dallas. Dallas is, like, Dallas is a, met- a metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Definitely bigger now. Definitely nicer now than when I was growing up there. Um, but it just wasn't, like, a fit, Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was more so of the things that I was ignorant to while living there that I'm now no longer ignorant to. Like I did, I had never heard of Pride until like I went away to school, kind of find out Dallas is like a really lit Pride and Black Pride, Black mm-hmm. Pride. Um, so like going back home now is a much different experience than when I lived there. But when I lived there, it was just like this. There's something about like I'm not feeling like I'm not feeling full or fulfilled here mm-hmm. and like the very first time that I came out to the east coast for school I was like okay this is much more of the energy that I, I need mm-hmm. and the first time that I stepped down and like touched down in New York I was like oh this is it this is exactly it mm-hmm. so I was walking back three times god 
Dope. So you also talk about, because I listened to a podcast or I think it was a radio show. Um, I can't think of the name. Kiss and Tell. Kiss and Tell. Because yeah. Char says so. Yeah. And Jace. And Jace, Jace yes. Yeah. I really like that. My so babies. shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were talking about when you were growing up, you grew up in like mostly like white environments. And then you were also saying that you didn't even know about pride or black pride. Yeah. How did you kind of come to learn about black gay culture and appreciate it too? Um, I attribute the majority of like my um the majority of like the fun parts of my personality to like my four the four best friends that i had when i moved away to college Mm -hmm. um so i went to a school in rhode island and there were just like a lot of gay people there and like a lot of like black gay people there Mm -hmm. and i hit it off really quickly really well with just like these four over-the-top personalities um and it it was like it was (laughs) it was like um noah's ark like it was like being friends with like the cast Mm -hmm. of noah's ark um and they just kind of like mind you like we were all the same age but like they were from philadelphia and from dc yeah, they were all from Philly and from Philly and DC. So like they grew up like being exposed to that culture like in much more uh liberal and progressive environments. Mm-hmm. And so like being around them, like they took me to my first gay club, exposed me to like what the barroom scene was, um just like really like taught me through I guess like making me a part of like that friend group. Mm-hmm. Um they kept me honest and like challenged me in ways like I had not been before um and so yeah that was that was like how like this like my entree into like all things like gay and then like all things like black and gay because mm-hmm. like prior to that it was just like whatever porn I could find or download off of Shazai or Kazai or like uh <laughs> what was what else did we download off back in the day Lime had, li- yeah like <laughs> downloading porn off of that and it was always like white guys um I was scared to watch porn. Yeah, I, same. But you know, you find a way. Do nothing without intention. No, I I, I saw one Castro video. I was like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> this ain't for me. It's just I don't like. It's um, it's it's weird. Like one really particular story. Like I was so 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 sheltered as a kid. Like I thought that like you contracted HIV through having gay sex. Not through, like, one partner having to have HIV mm-hmm. and, like, you know, transmitting to another. I thought that, like, just the act itself. And, like, that's like that's where, like, mentally I was. Mm-hmm. And, like, moving away and, like, being exposed to, like, so much that I did not know. It was just, like, I can never go back there. Yeah. Like, I can never go back there. And I was, like, I love home now. Like, I'm appreciative of, like, the things that, like, it's taught me. And it's, like, I, I could, at, you know, at some point, like, now being who I am, mm-hmm. uh, maybe... But, like, I, there's still, like, some resentment there um, for the ways that, like, that I grew up. I mean, like, I love my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, like, they, like, getting to the place now of, like, realizing, like, your parents are human beings. Yeah. And, like, coming to terms with, like, the things that, like, they did that may or may not have been in your best interest. Um, but to bring it back to the question, it's, like, that was such a st- stark contrast meeting those friends to like what I had grown up with Mm -hmm. and so like I wanted to like soak up everything Mm -hmm. that they had what did you think gay culture was before I thought it was just white people in general I thought it was white people having sex in basements okay (laughs) which you know when you're in the mood (laughs) I'm never in the mood for white people having sex in basements (laughs) can't can't say can't say that you know (laughs) there have been some parties in New York (laughs) but yeah 
In the basements? You know basements, what that Basements, basements, club, basement club. We'll say that for that. You, you, we, <laughs> say that for that. Come on, you better stay on, on brand. <laughs> you better stay on brand. All right. So, see, it's just best that we go there now. Um, we have discussed interracial dating yes. in the black gay community a few times on the show. It's kind of a favorite topic of Big Brain Thought. Um, as someone. <laughs> a favorite. Well, you know, you know what the fuck Frequent. I mean. mm-hmm. Frequent. Mm-hmm. Come on, frequent. Um, as someone, and I don't know if this is right, but as someone who has, I know you have. Yes. Uh, or is currently dating outside. Also, yes. Okay, perfect. So look at me. <laughs> I was dating outside their race. What are your overall thoughts on interracial dating and what roles does does, does those views play on you selecting a mate? Um, now, they don't, like they don't like there's no factor um it is like if i'm attracted to you Mm -hmm. um then i'm gonna go for it okay um previously though it was like really really again like really really problematic thinking right Mm -hmm. like i i remember like being like a young baby gay and like i moved away first of all i moved away to college with the express intent of hoeing could not wait um but like we all did hello one of the things that i I would say is like yeah i like black guys but like I have a higher standard for black guys. And I was like so proud. Like, bitch, you know, like the niggas that I'm a date, I'll be like top notch niggas. But it's like, but you'll fuck like any white guy. Like you sound goofy. And so what was top? What was a top notch black guy at that time? I'm just interested. Tremaine Alden Everson. Trey Songs. Trey Songs sides. <laughs> top notch. Amber, please say it. I know. Amber, please. Child. I know. The ghetto. The, listen. The bird. The, the bird called left, out. Left out. <laughs> oh, Trey Souls was the standout. Because I was thinking, like, maybe like someone with like a really like well-paying job, mm-hmm, someone like too. a respectable. Yeah. And this is when Trey had braids, and he was still yeah. fighting in clubs. Yeah. Oh. This is when he like. Oh. Listen, he was fine though, but was doing it all wrong. I was doing it all wrong. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> for the question, it was like because like that's what I had been exposed mm-hmm. to. Like I had only been exposed to like white gay media, and so like mm-hmm. that was like my frame of reference. And I move away to like the East Coast, and like I'm meeting like Dominicans and like Cape Verdeans, and it's like mm-hmm. beautiful black men. It's like all right, well, gotta make up for some lost time. <laughs> So that's what happened. But now in terms of like interracial dating, um, I think that, uh, yeah, it's not something that like I give any thought to when choosing a mate. I have a boyfriend now, mm-hmm. but like it's not something like uh, I, yeah, I give any, any thought to. Um, I'm not turned off to it, obviously, but like it's not a defining factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that white men or non-black men are any more attractive or more appealing than black men. Um, I've actually arrived at a place where my relationship notwithstanding like in like god forbid we were to break up like i like it's just got to be like a black man at this point just thinking about like the things that i want out of life like thinking about like my wedding right like we're definitely going to swag surf at my wedding i'm just like that's the kind of bird i am but like, i don't want to have to like teach you how to swag surf i don't want to have to like give you the contextual reference of like why this is important to me do you want your white man to swag surf with you that is another that's another thing because i feel like that will fuck me up it, like it's like, it would turn into an instagram moment and like honestly i'm just trying to do some nigga shit Right. Um, and then, like, you know, I on Sunday, like, I'd be in the house high off the edibles listening to Anita Baker dancing around in, like, my house dress. And it's like, I need you to be able to, like, two-step with me. And, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I need you to have, like, I need you to be right there. 
Like, <laughs> wait, I just got the visual of you in the house dress, and I just I needed a moment. Listen, titties busting. You just gotta like. <laughs> No, because actually my titties do be busting. <laughs> so I just got triggered by that. Like, I was just like, oh, God. Whoo. I so want a breast feel like you <laughs> I really do, y'all. I've really been looking into that shit. Because these titties are taking over my life. They have a mind of its own. Oh, they are walking and talking. They are Amber. doing too much. Oh, Jesus. Okay, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Come on. <laughs> Shout out to the titties. Um, do you feel like your current boyfriend... How long have y'all been together, you know what I'm asking? Um, he was my first boyfriend when I moved away to college. Okay. So, 2006. Wow. It has been 13 years. On and off, I'm guessing. On and off, definitely. Um, oh, sweet. Jesus. The per- like this these ah, that these last two years have been like the our solid two years mm-hmm. and like the longest time that we've dated consecutively and the best that we've ever dated okay. like even including like when we first got together because like we we're older now we took some time apart some much needed time apart mm-hmm. to like grow and experience different things um, and we have arrived at this with the commitment to being honest okay so, come yeah. on. Oh, that's so cute. Because mm-hmm. the niggas out there don't have commitment to anything. I <laughs> get on my motherfucking nerves. But that's previous Savoy and that new Savoy. <laughs> um, that was 32 Savoy. 34 Savoy doesn't do that anymore. Come uh, on. Amen. Uh, <laughs> um, you've kind of, you've expressed like a lot of times that you and your parents have a very open relationship and just y'all discuss a lot. So. Um, what is the wildest like conversation or the most explicit conversation you've had with one of your parents? The funny thing is, for as open as my parents and I are, we have not really had many or any that I can think of explicit conversation. Okay. Um, before my dad passed, he came to visit me. It was the first time he had come to visit, um, and he came for his 49th birthday. Um, he came to visit New York. And I was like, it was him and my younger brother. And I remember we were on a platform and we were just talking about, I, I don't even know how we how this came up, but we were talking about how when you just have like a flashback and it's like, damn, I really, I did that. Like, like a flashback to like a good sex memory. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm i going there now. <laughs> dove in. And he was like, yeah, you got those. And he was like, it's even better he he, what, he said something like, it's even better when you get up the next day and they're just like still knocked out and it's like, oh yeah, you did that. And like, that's probably like the, I, probably like the most explicit we, mm-hmm. we had gotten. Not for fear of like, you having those conversations. It's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, like it just never goes in that direction. Um, that, that's pretty good. Most, a lot of people can't have that. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah, I don't have yeah. that at all with my parents. Yeah. And I definitely told and I definitely told my father yesterday that I was planning on having somebody eat my ass. So, <laughs> how did he respond? Like, w- oh no, what you guys? My me and my father, like my father, me and my father have a very it's odd. Like, okay, he asked me, he's asked me what kind of dicks I like. Okay, he's like, what's your preference in dick? Yes, um, I love. So my dad would be <laughs> like that. Like when I came out to him, he was mad that I didn't tell him sooner because like he wanted to like take me out. He wanted to like go to gay clubs with me. Um. Like he wanted he, to do pride with he you. He wanted to do pride with me. Yeah. Like every year he would um dress up in drag for Halloween. Come on. And like his favorite his favorite person to be in drag was Serena Williams. And it was just like 
He was like, she's just the number one. Like, that's really it. I cannot. <laughs> this is like, that was like his tribute to Serena Williams. Come on. Come on, um, tribute. But like, yeah, he was very much like on his own, like of his own volition. Like he mm. was very like supportive of the community. Like he was just, uh, he was there. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of your father, he passed away in 2018. Mm-hmm. How have you dealt with that grief, the grief of his loss? And how has that kind of changed over the last it's been about 16 months, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it is, and this is what the story has turned into, um, and which is why I describe it as like a love story about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in grieving my father, I have learned, like my father has been like the closest death to me mm-hmm. and it was unexpected. Um, grieving him has taught me like grief is not something that you ever get over or that you were ever separated from oh, wow. um it becomes something it becomes like a very intimate part of your life and you have to learn how to treat it with like that care um because i'm going to always miss him mm-hmm. um there are days where it's like I cannot do anything because like this is like a cinder block on my chest mm-hmm. and then there are days where it's like this feels like a regular normal day and I'll be out having, excuse me, drinks with friends. And then it is, he's still dead Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. And it's like, you just have to like take, uh, you just have to like be in the moment with those waves. Mm -hmm. And like, it used to be, I would fight it. And it's like, you can't think about that. You're out right now. And now it's like, all right, this is where you are as inconvenient as it may be for wherever you are you there's nothing that you can do to like expedite it or like move away from it so you just got to ride the wave mm-hmm. um and i think that's been like the biggest lesson is like tr- you have to treat grief like a relationship it is now like a part of you um which is difficult because like you think like you know what you can you know prepare for grief especially if like you if like a, a family member or, like a loved one is like sick and it's like you kind of like transition with them like you Mm -hmm. have the time but like even in that it's like it it is still a loss depending on like how close you were to the person like how important they were to you like it is still a loss that you just cannot like you you don't shake it yeah and like it becomes i wouldn't even say easier to manage it's just you learn how to manage it Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's the interesting part is like your your dad passed away suddenly versus my father who had like literally a year and a half process of like can't find out he had cancer to passing away and i think part of my grieving process has been understanding that that 18 month period i can't hold on to that period because that was a very like dark time Mm -hmm. in which my father was not my father you know yeah so i've had to like kind of learn how to deal and process those things like the the person who was dying for a year and a half that's not the same person to the other 26 years of my life that's not the person that you're grieving exactly yeah so that's been so it's like i think it's just like people don't talk about the different stages of grieving mm-hmm. how it kind of like it can all change like sudden death versus like there's no i guess a lot of times i think people like to think of like well at least you had time to know and like, like nah. that's not how it works yeah like it's no better yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no better so and I, uh, how recently did you lose him and did you do grief counseling? So I lost my father in 2013. Okay. Um in April 2013. So it's been it will be <laughs> Y'all Jason just fell. 
He was trying so hard. He was trying so hard. And he almost made it, too. He almost made it. He almost made it. So. Shout out to Jason, our best, our best studio audience ever. Um, you stay comedic relief. Yeah, right. come on, because it got real, the it got foil. real sad. We appreciate yeah. it. Real strong. Um, so I did not do grief counseling. Um, obviously, I've done therapy. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm in therapy. Um, but I think for the last couple years, of the last two years, I think that was a huge part of my healing process was just kind of letting the memory of that. 16 month period of him past dying letting that go yeah and then also just realizing that like how he like you said how human our parents are mm-hmm. um because you know my father was an amazing person he also had really bad characteristics as yep. well and how you kind of navigate those and i think in the beginning the first couple of years me making my father a monster was just helped me kind of deal with the loss yeah so if i could keep him in this like yeah yeah i I didn't have to deal with like the actual emotion so i think now i'm kind of like in a better place where like you said i'm able to like the moment it arises i'm like okay let's this is where we are exactly this is where we are it's really interesting you mentioned like putting him in like that box of anger right Mm -hmm. like because like people don't realize you have to take the tools that you get you have to take the tools that you have yeah and it's like if that's where you were and like this if that's what helped you like get to where you are now then it was completely necessary exactly and it's like i think so i started therapy last week with the intention of my dad and like grief counseling being like the primary focus on that and then like Mm -hmm. my relationship being secondary um but in talking to my therapist i realized like it's not something that like i really want to like work through with anyone else Mm -hmm. which is completely unexpected for me like i i anticipated like going into just like burying my soul um to this man to talk about like my dad and like i got there and i was like nothing like i'm fearful of it not that like i have any problems talking about him it's just like I have learned that working through, like, my feelings about my dad um, is going to have to be, like, a completely introspective thing, mm-hmm. um, which is difficult at times because it's, like, I want to be able to, like, release it, but it's, like, again, like, thinking about, like, this is going to be like, a process, mm-hmm. and it's all, it hasn't even been two years yet, and it's, yeah. like, I think, I feel like, the like, I'm jumping ahead, um, and people people say that all the time it's like you have to just like exist in the grief like you have to like there's no one way or one right way to grieve um but you don't you don't know it until you experience it like Mm -hmm. you you don't realize that in a real way until like you were actually in it exactly so yeah okay um okay now we're gonna (laughs) step out of that dick it up (laughs) <laughs> ah, ah, ah. we're not even getting into the dick yet we gon' we gon' we gon' we got one more question um you have described yourself as a filler what current emotions are you feeling and why like in this moment or yeah. just in general just in general in, in general, general. Um, is, but you want to pick this very moment both um i'll do both so in this very moment it's just like this is like this is what i missed about new york mm-hmm. right like this is my first time like meeting you guys even though like you are, have existed in like a within like my sphere of understanding for like a very long time mm-hmm. but like the fact that like we're able to like have this conversation like talk about these things like these really intimate and like personal things mm-hmm. so comfortably mm-hmm. it's like i wasn't able to find that as quickly or as as organically in la mm-hmm. and so like it's moments like this that like 
remind me of how much I love New York. Mm. And then in general, it's just like I am really locked in. Like I feel like on a really strong creative wave right now. Mm. And a part of like this writing challenge is to make sure like that I maximize the time that I have this. Right. Because like they're going to come some days where it's like I don't feel like writing shit. I don't want to think about it. Turn this shit. Where is this is us? I need to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Hush. Whew. Baby, this episode with last one was so good. The dinner, the dinner was amazing. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, one of my favorites. And it came right on the heels of uh, the golf episode. Yeah, where we found out that Randall could actually, actually golf. Yeah, great. I like halfway through. I was like, he's gonna tear this green up, and then he did. And I was like, bitch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm come like, on, <laughs> this, come on, this is. Uh, it's just they so just good. need to make like this is us, but this is the black family. Yep. <laughs> if they, if I could just get Randall, Beth, and them girl and them girls and them girls. Anyway, um, so that's where I'm at right now. Is like I'm in a really really creative space. I'm in a really feeling space. Like mm-hmm. putting out a lot of like a lot of emotional output, um, which is exciting. It's like my favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, work is work, and it is not getting in the way of the things that I want to do, um, which is like the first time in a long time that that's been the case. Um, so yeah, I'm just like really Kudos enjoying to you. Hello. Right. And it's so funny because like getting back to my co-star app, um, <laughs> it was like enjoy this moment. Like take the time to like enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. you're always ex- existing in the space of like waiting for the other shoe to drop or like waiting for like what's gonna come next. Stop, bitch, and breathe. Mm-hmm. That was literally like the <laughs> the notification. Co-star I got. really do be like, stop bitch, breathe. <laughs> you're like, okay. I guess that's what we're gonna do. Right. <laughs> Do you feel like that is kind of like an imposter syndrome almost? Like the stop bitch and breathe or just being able and unable to kind of be present in the moment or? I could see, no, but okay. I can see how you got there. Okay. For me, I don't, I don't think that I've gotten to a place that would warrant me feeling like I don't belong here yet. Gotcha. Like I don't feel like I've done anything that's been like of note yet for me to be like. That's a lie, but keep going. <laughs> so for me, it's more so like I'm always, always, always thinking about like the next thing. Like, mm-hmm. right. Like I have like the full marketing plan rolled out, like built out for like how I want to promote and market the podcast and mm-hmm. the play. But neither of these things have I finished writing yet. Right. And it's like, you have to stop and do this work first before mm-hmm. you can, like, take on the other work. Right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, we're just going to go into that. <laughs> now we're talking about dick. Come on. Yes. Now we're talking about dick, dick and bussy. Dick, dick. Um, our favorite thing. Bussy wide open. <laughs> now bussy wide open. <laughs> Whew, me last night. Um, <laughs> the boy said, about me. Um... <laughs> You have mentioned that you have had sex with friends. Yes. What are your top rules for dating slash fucking friends? Um, I don't really have any rules that are specific to that. Okay. As a Capricorn, as we discussed, I'm really good with boundaries. Oh, come on. Look at you. So, like, those boundaries are pretty set before, like, I get to the point of having sex with a friend. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I talk about having sex with friends and my boundaries with having sex with, or my boundaries in general, a lot at this point. Like, I feel like every podcast that I've been on, like, every time, like, mm-hmm. I've been, like, in a public forum, it's come up. So, like, I feel like niggas just know at this point. Um, come on, Do Nick. any new friends, like, expect... Um, so fuck. Didn't any really new friends expect the fuck <laughs> ever? That, that's a quality question. That's it why is. I love Am- it, It's a root. messy question. Get to the root. No, it is not. Um, I wouldn't say that they expect, but I do feel like that they are more like friends that would not normally be comfortable having that conversation are. 
because okay. like I talk about it like so openly. Um, yeah. Is that a requirement of your friendship? No. Like, not at could all. I fuck you? Not at all. Okay. Because like they're friends that like I have no interest in having sex with. Okay. That does not mean that I will not have or that I would not have sex with them. It's just mm-hmm. like I just it's not yeah. a part of like my thought process with them. Um, but so yeah. does it normally start off friendship first and then it just happens that y'all have sex? Just most often, but not exclusively. Okay. Um, so- for me, it's like I like I. <laughs> On one hand, like, I understand why people are averse to, like, blurring those lines Mm -hmm. and, like, crossing that boundary. For me, like, that is, like, the best person to have sex with. Like, Mm -hmm. somebody that you're comfortable with, somebody that Mm -hmm. you know, um, someone that you know respects you. Um, Also, sex is better with people that you know and are comfortable with. And I'm in the business of having good sex. So, this is what I would like to happen. The flavor. (laughs) I am the business of having good sex. What do you call Dude. it? Popeyes? Popeyes bus? <laughs> when it's good, it's great. That's it. And sometimes it's just not there. Louisiana seasonings. <laughs> the third coast. Come I'm on. I'm so fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, how do you define, because I guess a lot of, obviously you have to have an intimate connection with someone on a friend level. How For do sure. you define romantic intimacy? Um... <sighs> I don't really look for I think that like it's a, it's a big part of who I am okay. which uh has raised some challenges in like dating exclusively or like just in dating dating in general because like uh it is not often that I come across someone that is in the same space um my current boyfriend like we like it's a constant competition with us and like establishing what those boundaries are what he's comfortable with what I'm comfortable with making sure that everybody's needs are met um for me a big part if I'm if I'm in a relationship with someone whether that's um romantic or platonic like just like a regular friendship like Mm -hmm. there has like intimacy is inherent Mm -hmm. um but there's a difference between like intimacy and like sexual intimacy yes um, so I don't have to have sexual intimacy with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, I don't know, like, I, I think by having just like that generic romantic intimacy, um, it makes it a lot easier to transition into like the sexual in- intimacy. And so when that, when I am at that juncture, then it's just a conversation of like, all right, well, is this something that we're interested in doing? Is this a line that we're interested in crossing? And then the decision is made. Gotcha. But like the energy exists there in general, just by nature of being friends with me. It's weird. That is weird. Yeah. Um, you also talk about um, being in poly relationships and non-traditional um, romantic relationships yeah. as well. Um, talk to us about those types of relationships, why you're attracted to them. Like, are you currently in one now? I don't think you are, but um yeah so um shannon boudram uh shane booty on twitter Mm -hmm. she does like the uh types of relationships quiz and we discovered that we are monogamish um definitely more so i think on my end than when you say we my my boyfriend and i okay um definitely more so on my end than on his um it's just like uh, him being him being more informed about it and like learning about these things and like mm-hmm. figuring out like what he's comfortable with what he's not comfortable with so we're learning it together um but for me like a part of monogamish him, mean um, 
for us, it is, um, hey, this is what I'm, you know, thinking about doing. I'm interested, like, how do you feel about this? Like, let's have a conversation before, um, before I initiate anything with anyone, before I even open that door. This is how I'm feeling. And let's talk about that, how you feel about that. And then what are the outcomes? Mm -hmm. What are you like? What are the possible outcomes? Which of these possible outcomes are you okay with? And it's like, all right, cool. Boom. Um, Sometimes it's a yes. Sometimes it's a no. Uh, and like it's both ways um, and I think that's a super super important part of that conversation but yeah so when we were I taking that. <laughs> the communication I'm oh, just, just, just being yeah. monogamous it just sounds good yeah it's like I, I arrived at, so we when we took our time apart it was like alright I've been I had been dating him for so much of like my adult life right. and like we had been in so many different iterations like so many things that just were not working it's like I need to do something drastic and something completely different and so I was like you know what I I this is something that's been like bubbling at the back of my mind I'm just going to like jump into it mm-hmm. and so like I started dating um this guy and then like we started dating a third and then, like, that just kind of fizzled out. Like, no like no bad blood or anything. It was like, all right, well, you know, this has run its course. And then, like, I started dating a couple. And, like, that was interesting. And just, like, learning, like, those different dynamics. The thing about it is people are always like, oh, it feels like it's more work because it's, like, it's an additional person. It's not that it's more work because it's an additional person. It just requires a level of honesty that most people are not accustomed to in relationships. Right. Um, in a traditionally exclusive monogamous mm-hmm. relationship there is some distance that you want to have from your partner, right? Like, you don't necessarily want to know, like, how they're feeling about you at all times. Like, I think that it's healthy to reserve some of that because those feelings are not always the lasting feelings. Like, I'm upset with you today, and I I need you to know that I'm upset with you, but, like, I don't need you to necessarily know, like, the depths of, like, how angry I am unless it is, like, a larger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because this, I know it's going to go away. And, like, if I tell you, like, every little time that I'm upset with you, that's going to turn into, like, that's going to create a, a different problem as opposed to, like, I just... What were you, like, four months ago? <laughs> I just need to, like, you know, have some things to myself. In a poly relationship, I found that, like, that distance is not as important. And it's actually worked in my benefit when that distance has not been, when the distance has not been there. And so it's like, I'm like, you're constantly checking in because you have to make sure that like, all right, if the relationship dynamic skews in a particular direction, how are we responding to that? Um, so yeah, it is, it, it, it requires a different skill set. It requires a different balance, but I would not say that it is more work, mm-hmm. which is like a common misconception. Another common misconception is that oh, it, it's just for cheaters. Right. And I think people don't realize the level of honesty that goes into poly relationships. Yeah. Because you have to, just like you were talking about being monogamish with your uh, boyfriend, it's basically like you have to tell them before anything happens, before you start having that, like you know, check-ins or like uh, text messages or, you know, flirtations and things like that before it gets to there, you need to talk to your partner. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I mean, honestly, we're not accustomed to that when it comes to monogamous relationships at all. Exactly. Especially like, because I know, um, because, you know, I'm in a cishet relationship and like, that's the ghetto. I know that. (laughs) Um it truly is y'all it truly is the ghetto i don't know i don't know you amber i you know what i have not been in a 
in a, a gay relationship, so you are correct. I think they might be neck and neck. Let's but say that. if That's we it. are dealing with men, it is the ghetto. There we go. That is they, okay. That's we where we share. We can agree on that. We sh- yeah, yes, yes. We, we all live in the same that. project. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Come on. The so, PJs. But it's hard, especially because, especially with dealing with like cishet men who have these already preconceived notions, Baby. who aren't emotionally honest or intelligent. And so, even I feel like it has been like very hard to even get that kind mm-hmm. of like relationship. Um, that's something that I actually would want, yeah. you know, someone who I can just be like, look, this is what it is. Like, don't, don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be open. Let's just be honest. And like, it can be a yes, it can be a no, we can maybe work with it, whatever, but like, just tell me what's going on right? rather than lying to me and keeping it to yourself. We used to do like really uh, vicious stuff to each other. Mm-hmm. Like I cheated on him a number of times. He slept with a number of my friends on a number of occasions. Ooh, um, and when we came back together and like when I was telling him like this is where I'm at now and in order for us to move forward in a relationship a healthy relationship together there has to be like some accounting for this there has to be like some acknowledgement of this um I broke the conversation by saying like look the times that you slept with other people the times that you were with other people how did that impact how you felt about me and the answer was like it didn't like I still love you like I still care about you I was like all right cool um you watch porn, obviously. Like, uh, these are people, like, and... Technically, you're not fucking the person, but... Right. And it's like, you have a sexual attraction there, right? Like, right. that does not take away from, like, your sexual attraction to me. That doesn't take away from, like, any of your romantic feelings about me. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a guy on the street. Like, you go to the club, and, like, guys sit on him all the time. And, like, he, you know, makes out with people in the club. And it's like, how does that impact how you feel about me how does that impact like the strength of our relationship and it's like it doesn't i was like all right cool so knowing all of those things knowing that like you being in a relationship um still are sexually attracted to other people could you know enjoy sex with other people like enjoy like things leading up to sex with other people and knowing that like you can care about somebody else that you can love somebody else Mm -hmm. and it not detract from the love that you have for me why would you deny yourself of that experience right like Mm -hmm. the things that you love about me the things that you have come to me talking to my partner the things that you Mm -hmm. love about me the things that you have come to like appreciate about me and about like what I contribute to this relationship have all come from experiences that I have shared with other people in varying levels of intimacy Mm -hmm. and so like those are things that like have made me a better partner to you I want that from you like mm-hmm. i want you to be, to be a better partner for me and like there are a number of ways that you can become that like a number of experiences that you can have to like become that and i don't want you to shut yourself off to any of those things because you are not and don't even just think about it like for me like you are limiting like the things that can contribute to your greatness right. and it's like why, why would you do that like for me to be able to say like i'm the only person that you're having sex with that is like of so little importance to me. Right. Um, and like, and then like I had to, in order to have that conversation, like I had to, before then, like for myself, I had to identify what is it that makes this relationship unique. Like if I'm saying like, I have no problem having sex with my friends. If I have saying I have no problem like being intimate with my friends and like, mm-hmm. what is it like, then what's the distinction? Like, why not just be single? And it's like, the difference is, it's like you were the person that I want to spend time with. Hmm. like love and intimacy for me are like renewable resources. Like I have an unlimited supply of them time. I do not 
And so for me to give you my time, for me to look to give you my time, for me to enjoy the time that I'm giving you and not feel like I'm losing out or like that I want this time back is what makes the difference. And you were that person. Hmm. That's not real. I ain't never heard no monogamous or poly or just like thoughts on it. And I'm always just been like, nah, it's me. my man is my man. If you know him, I will cut you. <laughs> um, so the, the way you explained it sounded really attractive. It sounded really just heartfelt. Yeah. Because I think I, I, I'm, an, I'm a hopeless romantic. I live in my head and I'm low-key conservative only when it comes to niggas. <laughs> um, but I like, I just liked your thought process on it. I think a lot of, I think that's something interesting because I think after hearing actual poly people talking about it, that's when I was like, oh, I'm just listening to the world and not listening to people who are actually experiencing these mm-hmm. relationships. Right. Because the people who are actually experiencing these relationships are having fulfilling relationships. And it's just like every other relationship, right? Like monogamous <laughs> relationships are bullshit sometimes. So I you know, you're going to have what poly- a capital boom. Exactly. You're going <laughs> to have shit. poly relationships that are trash as Absolutely. fuck too. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it's just about like whatever you are okay with and whatever you are good with. Yeah. So I think that that's really cool. Cause I don't personally, I was with you up until you can also love someone else too. Yeah. Cause I still, I'm, and that's that, that is could be the battery where, for you right I'm like you can fuck as yeah. much and, and please let me fuck as well yeah. but like I just <laughs> please um, <laughs> I'm begging um, but the the love part is something that I, I struggle with for so sure. that might yeah, that you're right that would have to be a boundary for me but yeah it's all about like what you can handle and hopefully finding somebody that can handle it with you and that's another thing is oh, no go no another thing is like people like a, for all intents and purposes, a traditionally monogamous relationship looks very similar across the board. Mm-hmm. But with a poly relationship, is like you have to set the boundaries. Like it's not like you can set the boundaries. You can, but like you have to. You have to determine like this is what I want this to look like. Right. And if love, loving someone else is that boundary for you, then like that's that's the boundary. And it's like the people that you are going to partner with have to be okay with that. This can be like we are going to be. Um, what is it emotionally exclusive and it's like that's a thing like that's mm-hmm. a common thing mm-hmm. because like that's what most people can handle like that's what a lot of people can handle mm-hmm. and like that being a part of the conversation is like what does a healthy and effective relationship look like for us like what right. are we cool with right so and just has there ever been a time I guess when y'all like are talking you're like I have this feeling about this person mm-hmm. and they your partner has been like yeah nah that ain't gonna work yeah uh often because <laughs> i feel things with niggas all the time and he's like so the fuck out um but then like there are people there he's like he understands the relationship that's there and it's like this is what it is i'm like i accept this because like i accept you and like you mm-hmm. have to establish like that trust and at the end of the day like i still have to do the work of making sure that like he is comfortable and confident and secure in our relationship because mm-hmm. none of this shit can exist if he ever feels like he's going to lose me because like that's literally like the the crux of what we're building this on. Mm. I love that, and I think that's something that we should try to work on in all of our relationships. Is basically saying what is a relationship that is going to work for us? Yep. Like what does that look like? And like how can and kind of like checking in. I I watch Broad City, and um, there's 
the relationship with Alana and Hannibal Burris's character, mm. they have like yearly check-ins and basically like they have like, like this is what I want to do. Oh, I, w- I want you to do this. And I'm like, oh, I would love something like that, you know, mm-hmm. like where you can just have those kind of like kind of like renewals you know and they would have it like as like almost an anniversary but it's just like all right how we doing we have that a yeah. year in review check-ins yeah <laughs> come on a year in review <laughs> so this year i felt like yeah like, i give you a b mm-hmm. <laughs> you did really well on here but These are the i would like you but, to work on your areas of opportunity yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> come on your areas <laughs> not your areas of opportunity i am done so what three things would you tell your younger self about sex? Um, have fun. Okay. Have fun. Like, yeah. don't take it so seriously. Um, also, do what you want to do. Like, don't let somebody else, like, inhibit where you feel like you can go. Um, and don't be afraid to feel. Like, don't be afraid to, like, have feelings with the people that, like, you are intimate with. Um, yes, like, you know, hookups are fine, or, or not just fine, but like enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like a lot of times, especially like our younger self is like, I want to reserve emotion for, I want to reserve like emotion and sex for someone like that I'm interested in having mm-hmm. a relationship with. And it's like, why? Like, I, not why, like I, I get like the, right. the risk You're that's there. Yourself. Yeah, I get the risk that's there. But also like you can, if you can get to a place and you definitely should, work to get to a place where you can exist in that moment and like fully commit emotionally to that moment and allow it to be just that moment. The experience is going to be so much better for you and it will be worth the work. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've had like great sexual experiences because of that. I needed that. Yeah. I really needed to hear that. Cause I'm like, I have such a hard time with vulnerability. I'm like, Ryan, can you mentor me on relationships? Cause like, <laughs> Vulnerability is just, it is so tough for me. And it's because I feel as though like as soon as I do let my guard down, it's too ugly for the person to handle or it's too much for that person to handle. And they're not, they're going to be afraid of it. They're going to to leave or whatever, whatever it is. It's like, or I'm trying to protect them from this monster or whatever it is. Right. right? And so, um, I think that there's just something that I, I, I just struggle so hard with is just kind of like being in the moment emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like I am someone who like, you can tell like, I love talking about feelings. I love talking about emotions. It's it's, it's literally my (laughs) jam. Like let's cry together. Absolutely. But I also, right. But it's also like to an extent, right? Y'all really should hang out. (laughs) (laughs) We're a power couple. Basically. (laughs) Just know that Amber (laughs) tops from the bottom. Listen. Verse. That's it. Flip flop. A match made in heaven. The bases have been covered. And lives in best time. Because <laughs> you know I don't venture out. <laughs> and y'all both love Brooklyn Blend. <laughs> Even better. Brooklyn Blend is A soulmate my, has uh... been found, honestly. <laughs> A soulmate has been found. But yeah, so I, I definitely struggle with that. And so I'm just hearing you say all of that has just been... You know, it's something that you hear a lot, obviously, about just, like, being open, but it is nice and refreshing to yeah. hear that you're able to have, like, these, like, seem—because I don't know your life, but seemingly <laughs> healthy relationships. For sure. Um, so, that's good. The fl- the switch that flipped for me, because I was very much in that space, like, mm-hmm. 
I like emotions are like my thing and like I you keep them guarded but like the thing that like switched it is when I stopped being afraid of losing people Mm. um but like I had to be comfortable being by myself first right and it's like be comfortable with Ryan first I got to a point I got to a place of being comfortable with like I am so happy on my own and then it was like, all right, like people will come and go. And I'm okay with that because I am so happy being on my own. Mm-hmm. And then once I was okay with people leaving, then it was like, I am less fearful of like you seeing the real me because I am comfortable and happy with the real me. Yeah. Even if I feel like I'm a monster, even though I feel like I'm trash, most days I do, mm-hmm. um, I am my trash. Right. And so I was like, all right, cool. If you leave, you leave. But if you stay, cool. dig too bomb. Popeyes, Popeyes. Dude. Uh, I, I really am about to put that in like a Tinder profile. I really, I just, it was he was doing so well. <laughs> in it, but if you stay, dick too bomb. I can't. Come on, I needed to hear that message too. We contain multitudes. Okay. The <laughs> boy is down, y'all. The boy is man down. But if you stay, I'm gonna start telling people that. But if you stay, bussy too bomb. Okay. Um. How have your ideas? Well, never mind. Huh. We can strike that one from the question. What's one thing sexually that you like now that, you, or or that you enjoyed at five or more years ago you would never have done? Group sex. Group sex is lit. Lady committee. We Literally. Are so like mates. what? So going back to the story of like the guy that I was dating that we were dating like as a couple. (laughs) Sorry, his voice mouth is again. Like (laughs) Like he's just like group sex. Yes. So so good. I remember, like, we started dating. And when the fuck you had group sex, and I don't know about it. I have had group sex with um with Trash Bay. And his wife. Oh, yeah. And then I went to a, um, Actually, a swingers party. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Have I talked about that? I've talked about that on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Should we do a part two? <laughs> you haven't talked about that part. I the know sw- about it. Oh, yeah. the swingers part? You told me about the, the, the swingers party? part. Yeah. I forgot that was with, with more than one person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are we talking about it? Oh, Okay. Well, share what you're comfortable with. I can, ah, I've, ah, I've ah, shared. Ah, and y'all can see the glee in motherfucking Ryan's eyes. <laughs> he was, was like, like so excited. Weakling. <laughs> the only thing sometimes I'm, I feel like my parents probably have listened to this show already, so whatever. But I just, but whatever. I've shared a lot. So we I went have. to a. Um, so I met this guy who we call Trash Bay. The, the listeners know about him. Yes. He's terrible, but he was great in bed. Mm-hmm. He also was a Sag, so he had chaotic energy. <laughs> um, but one thing about Sages that I truly do love is that they are very adventurous people. And so I am bored all the time. And so like they are always like, let's do some fun shit. Yeah. Like, let's, 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 let's fuck it up. Let's fuck some shit up. And he truly did. He fucked me like a porn star. And he just, he was just Mm. insane. Anyway, so um, he was telling me about like these like swinger parties and was like trying to get me to go. And I was just like, actually, I'm kind of into that. That's kind Mm -hmm. of cool. Like I watch a lot of, most of the porn that I watch is group porn. I can't, like, I don't even know if I can do just like a couple. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. I need like multiple people just out here fucking. Yes. So, so I was like, this is actually one of my fantasies. So that's really cool. So we go to, um, 
so he picks me up. He has a a wife, which I didn't know about at the time. I mean, I did know about the time, but he told me that it wasn't his wife. Anyhow, okay. that's trash. That's why he's trash mm-hmm. and not really in my life anymore. But we still went to um, the place, the swinger place or whatever party. And when I get there, I was I was like really, really nervous. And when I get really nervous, I think I'm a stand-up comedian. <laughs> like, I was literally cracking. Like, I was fucking... The best out of your life. Dave Chappelle That's up it. in that bitch. Like, I was cracking joke after you joke was Monique after joke. And, <laughs> Monique and the Queens of Comedy. Exactly. Like, I was killing it, right? And then, so Trash Bay, like, is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, because <laughs> I, like, made a friend. Like, I was literally just so... Oh, my goodness. I was so nervous. And so... Um, trash bag like pulls me aside and so we start kissing and it wasn't that many people there Um, I would have liked the people to be like a little younger a little hotter as well by the way but that's okay anyway so we're, we're kissing and then all of a sudden like his wife like goes down me which was like interesting I was like that's huh. a good word for it I was like okay and so um <laughs> y'all I, once again this twinkle in Ryan's eye bruh it's so strong so I was just like it's it's cool and so um after that uh trash bay fucks me right well he also eats me out too and that's when I like I came multiple times came because it was great because I didn't know that I'm kind of into voyeurism. uh, voyeuristic oh. yeah so I was just like oh so and I'm also a Leo right so like the stage is on right mm-hmm. so I'm think I'm literally thinking exactly mm-hmm. I'm like oh I'm a fucking star bitch Killing and it. so but the one thing I didn't like it was like a kind of a dual situation because it was like we were the only people fucking mm-hmm. and it was just like people standing around. Yeah, I was fucking it up. And so I was just like, oh, I thought it was going to be more like yes. everybody's fucking, but they were just like watching us fuck and like touching themselves. And I was just like, and it was weird. Some of the comments like, it was like, oh my God, look at her body. It's so good. You know, like that. And uh, I would be like, which it was like supposed to be a compliment, but they were also, some of these people were white. So I yep. was like, ah, but anyway, yep. But I, hear you. I so I started to go there, but then what helps me not start to overthink because when I start to overthink, that's when sex is bad. Like I need to be totally just like focused on something else. Like I need to be in the moment, and what helps me be in the moment is music. And so I know a lot of people don't like to fuck with music, but like it help. It just helps me kind of let it go. And you did that last time, and I, it was fucking good. I, I did it last exactly. night. Exactly. I fucked to Snow Allegra. Baby, exactly. When I tell change. you, it changes your life. You don't have to think. About about the person you just, just think about energy. it's just like the energy of it and so i remember what happened what kind of set it off i remember was girl by the internet started playing girl. and yes. i was like oh bitch this is my shit yeah so like it just took me somewhere else and so like it's just that experience like was so fun and so great like and it was weird because people were like congratulating me afterwards <laughs> like they were like you were so great and i'm like what the fuck is this um <laughs> like giving amazing, me high, sweetie. high fives and you shit. did that but like as a leo i love compliments right so i'm just like eating <laughs> sure all did. of this up like trash bays like you were a fucking star i was just like oh my god <laughs> yes um 
but uh yeah so it was like one of my best friends (laughs) (laughs) it was like a really life-changing experience that I really, really enjoyed, and I know that like I would want to do it again with the person that like I cared about and mm-hmm. that I loved, and that also maybe we had like hotter people, um, and like I I would hope that like <laughs> I would hope that like I have a way where like maybe. I don't know if I'm older like I would like throw parties you know like I just like think that would be like really really fun um there's I'll tell you about this uh off the air okay cool I got you thank you so why group sex and why um why I don't I I don't know why it's just like something that like like it's just something that yeah I love it I love like the the variety yeah I love having options in the moment yes also it's like so when people say like we had sex and it was like being in a porn it's like sure because like the sex was exciting but like having sex with other people around you having sex is like literally like physically like being inside of a porn because like you were having sex and you were enjoying having sex while you hear and are aware of other people around you having sex it's just like yeah. the, it's so meta mm-hmm. um it's not really meta i'm just being dramatic but um yeah i just uh, I wrote about it actually. I wrote about like the sex party that I went to for Color Block. Um, oh. So like check it out. Um, but yeah, it it was one of those things. Like it was definitely like, a life changing night. Yeah. Um, I want to go to um, what is it called? Shit, Burning Man, and go. They have a sex party tent at Burning Them Man. I know. Musty I know. ass Absolutely. white people. Absolutely. I just want to go to say that I went and okay. see what it gives. Right. I, I can't imagine myself having sex in a desert. Like I, for as exploratory or adventurous as I am, I am really vanilla when it comes to having sex. Interesting. Um, just because, like, so? it don't take a lot when you know what you're doing. True. Um, love missionary. Uh, missionary love. is an. Un- I Underrated. feel like I feel like it gets a bad rep, but it's really fucking good. Oh, I also feel like gay missionary is like a totally different oh, experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or male. Anyways, we. Oh, last question. You recently tweeted tipsy and risky the autobiography the autobiography of Ryan Side. That was last night. <laughs> yes. What is the. <laughs> What is the nastiest or wildest thing you've done while under the influence? Um, again, like even I'm, doesn't even though it doesn't take much. Yeah, I'd say I'm real vanilla. The nastiest or wildest thing that I've done. Um, oh my god, uh, I feel like I should have been prepared for this. Uh, I yeah, I haven't done like a lot. Of, like I, I've gotten head in the theater. Uh, a movie theater or just movie like theater. A, okay cause yeah. I'm like if you were at a play getting <laughs> wow <laughs> next level that is next, next level next level um I'm trying to think um uh, yeah that's probably it okay. I mean like I was just talking about being at a sex party so yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. You you get it popping. Yeah, you get it. You get it popping. Okay, so we're gonna do bird confessions. These are rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. So just the first thought that pops in your head. What kind of bird are you? Pigeon, dove, eagle, flamingo, or peacock? Eagle, definitely. Okay. All right. You are featured on an episode of Maury. What is the show topic for the day? Is he's a baby father? I slept with my best friend's boyfriend, unruly teenager, or I scanned my ex out of thousands of dollars. I scanned my ex out of thousands of dollars. Okay. One porn star you would let hit. 
<laughs> Austin Wilde. I don't know who that is. Oh, baby. Oh, I my got God. You. Savoy doesn't you. know who a porn star is. Is he gay? Oh, Austin. Yeah, he's very, he's gay. <laughs> he's like new? No. He's old. Jeremy Foster Sides is his name. Okay. I don't know. Uh, porn. I don't think I know. Every time I try to look up porn on my computer, it doesn't work. All right. One city of love and hip hop. You were the one city of love and hip hop. You would rather be on Miami, New York, Atlanta or Hollywood. You said love and hip hop? Yes. New York, original cast. Come on. Um, your dream trade can only possess one main attribute a grill, a nice car, a neck tattoo, or a regular weed habit. A grill. I'm from Texas. Ooh, child, the ghetto. I got braces so I can have, wear a grill to my wedding. That's where we at. That's the kind of bird I am. <laughs> Wait. Is Wait. Austin Wilde's white? He's mixed. He's black and white. Wait, did you say you got braces so you could wear a grill? Sure did. Let me see this man. Oh, oh, my God. What did you find? I just... What is this the one with the abs. This one. Okay. Is this I think you tweeted about him recently. Oh, all the time. Oh, I tweeted about him all the time. I did not know. I, I thought he was just a regular-ass <laughs> white boy. I did not know he was mixed. <laughs> Look at the dick. Okay, scroll forward. Yeah, and, and he tops oh. and bottoms. I have a zaddy of he the week. He flips and flops. Yeah. Oh, he flips so in him. He flips and he flops. I hate you. <laughs> I just reverse. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Jason, sit your ass down. <laughs> I'm so fucking done. Oh, man. Anyway, would you rather? Would you rather him spit in your mouth or your butt? Neither. I'm gonna beat your ass. You don't like to? Be- Absolutely not. He said he's vanilla. Yeah, and don't slap me too hard because then we're gonna actually fight. <laughs> so you don't like to get your ass hate? Nah, it doesn't really like when I enjoy it. It is because the person enjoys it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I can get head all day though. Oh uh, yeah, see. <laughs> yeah. Although I did get some good head. This yeah, morning. it just it doesn't really do it for me. I generally don't do yeah head. Generally doesn't do it for me. But yeah, this time do everything with intention. Do everything. <laughs> do nothing without intention. Do nothing without <laughs> intention. Um, long nails, a long weave, or long eyelashes. The weave, absolutely. Come Actually, on. you know what? I'm gonna go to the nails because I would be a bad ball bitch. <laughs> yes. That's all I want to do is like. <laughs> oh, I was like, I thought everyone was trying to tell me to do so with the phone. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Come on. I just love tapping a phone with long nails. Okay, your number one rule for cuffing season. Uh, don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. Come on. A true Capricorn. That's what I was say. <laughs> Capricorn energy. Don't take it personal. Your celebrity capsule collection would be with Fashion Nova, Pretty Little Things, H&M, or Target. Fashion Nova. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a real bird. Fashion nigga. Fashion. Nigga Nova. That's what it is. Nigga Nova. Nigga Nova. <laughs> Come on. Would you rather twerk like Megan Thee Stallion or have created hot girls, real hot girl shit like Megan? Twerk. Mm. That ass is aspirational. Mm. Aspirational. Come on. Aspirational. <laughs> aspirational. <laughs> Most iconic thought of all time. Oh. Della Reese. Bitch. <laughs> Touched by an angel, Della Reese. Can you please? Honest hope and all my hoes is honest. 
Sister. Okay. <laughs> I'm an honest woman on my sister, own. I got a girl <laughs> whose pussy is so good. If you threw it into the air, it would turn into sunshine. She was talking about me. That wasn't about me. <laughs> I thought you meant touched by Angel <laughs> You was talking about Harlem Nights, Delores. Listen. Ooh, but one Del- of the same. True. And Della is an icon and she Truly. doesn't get her flowers. She does not. She needs to be Babbage Hall of Fame for sure. Come on, Delores. Delores. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She's so dope, though. I'm honest with all my hoes is honest. That is a true statement Look at the for material. Me. Look, look at the material. The fact that that was your first person. <laughs> <laughs> I am done. All right, Daddy of the Week, which is one man we are crushing on for right now. There's a reason, you know, there's a season. Um... Well, we like Amber, you had already pictures that of the week. Yes, yeah, so. a reminder. Okay, this man has like the largest, longest dick I've ever seen. <laughs> and y'all know, as my friend, I think Masika coined this. Um, shout out to her. Um, that I like obstacle course dick. So, oh, oh, God. Obstacle course. Oh, that is God. so. Amber. Masika. Amber. <laughs> that is your new AKA. The obstacle dick. <laughs> Taker. What is obstacle course dick? Because I'm always looking for a challenge. Girl. <laughs> Girl. So okay, speaking so speaking of challenges. Um, obstacle course dick. So I was scrolling. One thing being on the podcast too, but like also following and following like a lot of gay men, there's a lot of porn on my timeline. Oh, unsolicited. So, <laughs> unsolicited. Unsolicited porn. Do you understand? Like, nobody's it, asking for it. Babe. Do you understand how many times I have been on the train? Woo! Like, y'all, I promise y'all I'm not a freak. <laughs> You could be at like uh, an outing and just like pull up something. And I'm like, and I'm I don't like, follow. It is Sunday school hours. <laughs> How did we get here? Woo. I follow two porn stars, Ooh. one of which was on the podcast. Right. And I muted him because that was too much. <laughs> um, but uh, the person's name is Triple X Kale. K. <laughs> And familiar. are you familiar? Because I'm going to pass it around. Okay. I'm going to pass around Triple X Kale. Jason I don't... also likes obstacle course dick. Jason <laughs> is the true size queen. Okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not truly, truly a size queen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The way the way Ryan just said no, bitch. Threw my phone down. That's the dick you can keep. But he is a beautiful, like, beautiful he's man. A very beautiful man. Uh, like, on it, like he would have to bottom, but I would absolutely have sex with him. Like this is just like big dicks are fun in theory for me. Okay. In theory, again, I like. <laughs> But technically, that's a that picture is a good picture because he has a curve, yeah. and so that it does make it look longer than it is. But it's still a large no, ass. No, dick. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck no! This shit is coming down to his fucking knee. Beautiful. No, oh, it's, no, it's the curve. It's the curve. No, fuck that. It's the fact that it curved and it's still hitting no. that. I can fucking see. I got twenty no. twenty vision. Ryan, what's you? your who's your daddy of the week? My daddy of the week. Um, another thing about me, like I don't watch a lot of porn. No, it's just Zaddy. No, just anybody. It could be your barista, your boyfriend, your boyfriend. It can be boyfriend is definitely always Daddy of the Week. Come on, Zaddy. Come on. Um, He's just. I'm gonna show y'all some pictures later. (laughs) Um, 
who would we go with? Who would we go with? Trey Songs is looking good these days. <laughs> the ghetto. No, he's not. No, he he's is not. actually Trey looking, looking good these days. When he was like, when he was like being a and predator. True, I'm, with I'm, a... True, I'm a true Trey fan. Like I actually like Trey as an artist. When he, let me tell you what it was. When Megan Thee Stallion posted a picture of him, there I was, I was, and he had the Newports coming out of his shirt pocket. There I was it was. Like, that is a man for me. That is there it was. An ass you want to get behind? You want you, you want cancer? In your mouth? No, but I want a nigga. <laughs> and and Newports are the God tier <laughs> nigga. <laughs> they are the Porsche of he's niggas. From Virginia. And he smokes Newports. First of all, why are you smoking cigarettes in twenty nineteen? But that part that is telling me up. everything that I need to know about you. I am also like I prefer like that triple X kale situation no thank you mm-hmm. I'll take husband dick all day mm-hmm. what's husband dick size for you is that, that different that... from boyfriend dick this is the same husband okay. size boyfriend size okay. um, you know we're thinking about the future okay come on <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> you're thinking about your insides That's, yeah you know um, yeah I would say you know a strong seven maybe eight yeah same yeah same that's like we can do something like we can do we can get a lot done a lot we can get a lot done with that size that's yeah. all i need anything over nine why it's a waste you're bottoming but <laughs> that's more, what it comes down to i'm i'm a waste because i you ain't getting more than that, that. you like, can't really you can't even get nine that's what i'm saying like if Shit, somebody with nine inches <laughs> it, like you're you're bottoming true tonight. i don't i don't put tonight. nine inches in my in my asshole i'll pass it so. to jason <laughs> i got you in the alley-oopsies <laughs> I hate both of y'all. <laughs> um, my zaddy of the week um, is a porn star I don't talk about often. You know, I feel like I Sorry. talk I talk about porn stars a lot, but I, I never mention one that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, Justin Slayer. Um, <laughs> I... I just Jason feel, is such a little thought. Like. I just feel like Justin does not get his proper due. And... Justin was the first porn star I ever saw give a woman an actual orgasm in a scene. Like, she was shaking uncontrollably, and she was like, you motherfucker. Like, like the way he was fucking her. Like, Can Just, we talk about Just, that Justin does work. Okay. And he did work. Um, <laughs> and I would like to be worked out. Yes. And just passionate about what he does mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. stroke a very circular stroke i love a circular smooth I'm yes a, i'm gonna look at him yeah yeah no he gave and i can show you the scene where in which he gave the woman the orgasm and i was just like Ooh. wow <laughs> i have wow yeah, justin slayer is a man yeah yeah, yeah he wow is, he's a man he's a man this is how trash bay was fucking me <laughs> <laughs> yeah some shit i ain't never seen before <laughs> justin slayer is a man so shout out to justin slayer um, if you ever want to come to the podcast, we're down. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. So now we're going to do our bad bitch hall of fame, which is one woman we feel like does had, you know, hasn't received her flowers, but deserves, um, Amber, would you like to start? I'm going to go with Della Reese. <laughs> I really feel like Della Reese doesn't get her flowers. Um, Shout one of the Della. reasons, not because she's a, a thought, an iconic thought, but, um, she was, I think, the first. No, she definitely was the first black woman to have a late night show, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that Della. people just absolutely didn't know. No, no, she I also had. She was like 
a singer and had like multiple hits Mm -hmm. like early like she's just somebody that we don't honor enough and I think it's mainly because we just don't have a lot of her work because you can't really find the fact that she had like a television show Mm -hmm. um and it was on network television and so it so those things I'm just like Della Reese was just such a bad bitch and then also just the fact that she was able to do Harlem Nights and then also do Touched by an Angel just <laughs> shows you the range the range okay Meryl Streep could never she literally could not so um she really couldn't she has such a robust career yeah mm-hmm. definitely a robust career and so right. she does not get enough um this podcast that I listen to that I really like called The Nod shout out to them they did a really good piece about Della Reese as well and mm-hmm. so we do not give her enough so please listen to that episode and also just look up Della Reese she's mm-hmm. uh, a bad bitch so. reasons to stand. shout out thank you for reminding me that Della Reese is a bad bitch <laughs> Ryan love <laughs> Who's your bad bitch Hall of Fame? Uh, Monique. Mm. Absolutely. I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to give it to her. She is insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Um, another person with range. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are coming around to see um, what she was talking about. Even if like maybe like the delivery, like people have feelings about at the end of the day, mama was right. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing like, like watching her in those commercials with Childish Gambino mm-hmm. is just like she's so effortless. Mm-hmm. Like with her funny, it's just like she's just, like she just has it. Yeah. Um. And I really, I, I really want to see her make a like strong comeback. Like I'm I also kind of want to see her leave her her husband. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. What's his the name? The one that she Courtney? called Daddy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Because yeah. he ain't good for. Her. He's not. He's mm-hmm. not good for. Her. They're having like a poly relationship, but she doesn't have sex with He's men. having a poly relationship. Right, he's having a poly mm-hmm. relationship. I mean, no. if those are their boundaries. But you are correct, Monique. Please yeah. leave that man. Um, but Monique is an icon, a, a goddess. Mm. Love her. My bad bitch Hall of Fame goes to, I'm on a uh, on roll, Tamia. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Tamia has always been my favorite underrated singer of all time. Yes. Officially Missing You is my favorite song of all time. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that people understand how dope Officially Missing You is because to me it can do has range. Absolutely. We're going to talk about it. Go ahead. We're going to talk about it. But on Officially Missing You it is just pure emotion. She don't go above. She don't give you a she don't give you all she don't give you you put a move on my heart. Like she We're gives you, she gives you simplicity, mm-hmm. but you still feel the same amount of emotion. So to me, I stand. And then, then this is hits after hits. Still. Yeah. Okay. My last first kiss. What? Motherfucking. We all know a stranger in my house. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are just bops after bops. Okay. And I stand to me. Um, so they did her tribute. Right. This I think it was like this week or last week. Yeah. And Kiki Wyatt saying, You put a move in my heart. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite to me a song. Um I love a singing ass singer. Like I love like yell at me. <laughs> Ye- like yell at me. Um I love that. Smack me in the face. She did so much of that on that song. Um we know that Kiki Wyatt can sing. We know that Kiki Wyatt Kiki Wyatt sings her fucking face off. In her singing, officially missing you. It was a very clear articulation that Tamia's voice yep. mm-hmm. is untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Kiki did a great job, but like there is a clarity to Tamia's voice that just like, mm-hmm. it, like that is like her her strength. Like she can mm-hmm. do so much with her voice, but like the clarity of it, and just right. like she just gets there. Like she starts like sea level, and then like all of a sudden she's mm-hmm. up on Mount Olympus, and it's like how sis right. like, and it's eff- like oh my god, chills. She, she's also a Quincy Jones protege, absolutely. So enough said. Enough said. Absolutely. I actually think I had a, somebody who, a close mentor who worked with her mm-hmm. um, and she said she always felt like that was one of the reasons why she kind of didn't get as big because like that was almost too much of a stamp. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. That it was like too much. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to say that. Who? Because I don't want to wish that on them. Who? I was going to say Chloe and Hallie. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Like very talented, yeah, but like overshadowed by just like this huge Oosh. persona. I can see that. I hope that they're not like that um, because they are, Chloe and Hallie are just so fucking talented. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's scary how talented they are. So um, I don't want to wish that for them, no. but. Um, Something but Tim, yeah. I mean, but to me, it also has hits and like it's she's a like legend Ritz. and. You know, we see her, and so I think she's done very well for her career. Come on. Amen. All right. You know what, Jason? I'm not dealing with As always, we end this with good bussy vibes. This is one quote that I've seen that has um, just hit me or just spoke to me, and it reads, Healing takes time. Healing takes effort. The hardest part is giving yourself room to feel the pain instead of trying to mask the pain and fill the void. Feel what you feel. Be present. Once again, I'm going to read. Healing takes time. Healing takes effort. The hardest part is giving yourself room to feel the pain instead of trying to mask the pain and fill the void. Feel what you feel. What you feel. Be present. And this comes from Astro Mama, who her real name on Twitter is Melanated Mama. <laughs> and I saw this on I saw this on Twitter and it, it spoke to me. Last week That's Sunday, a good one. Yeah. Last week Sunday at nine twenty three p.m. Hmm. Okay. Cute. All right, Ryan. Where can the girls find you? Where can the Bussy High find you? Um, if they're not familiar with you already. If you're not familiar already, I talk a lot of shit on Twitter at Right Like Ryan. Um, every now and again, I'll. I share. have to tell you your favorite. Um, one of your favorite reads, by the way. Okay. Uh, it wasn't sh- even a real read, but it was good. <laughs> it was good for me. Keep going. I share a lot of pictures of my dog um, and my ass on Instagram at Run After oh. Ryan. I was like, "Do you on Twitter?" <laughs> okay. Um, and that's yeah. That's pretty much it. Okay. Anything you want the girls to look out for? Um, twenty twenty is gonna be a really good year. It's gonna be a really really strong year. I'm mm-hmm. excited to like bring to life some of the things I've been working on. The podcast, the pilot, and the um, and the play. play, the three P's. Bow, fuck it up. All right, as always, y'all can follow Eprethai on Instagram and Twitter, or you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Musical Play. Please tell whoever you need to tell. We are, we're just fucking phenomenal, and we're ignorant, like. <laughs> can you get anything better you're welcome can right. you get anything better can you get a podcast that is gonna say bussy every five seconds <laughs> can you get a podcast where you're gonna they're gonna talk about having group sex and how the encouragement from the crowd watching <laughs> gave them more energy no but then no. also talk about grief in a really beautiful exactly. way and then mm-hmm. also talk about like our favorite fast food restaurants because guess what black people we contain multitudes that's Ooh. it <laughs> 
And that's why you should, you know, listen to the podcast. Also, share, rate, also subscribe and write reviews, please. Please, please. please. Reviews make my pussy wet. Mm -hmm. Um, In, you know, a different kind of way. Really quick aside, this is to jump back to something. I know we're wrapping up. Um, As a gym to leave everybody with, I think the best sex song of all time, Sierra's Run It. Like, Sierra snapped on I Run It. Add that to your playlist. That's my contribution. Okay, I would I would like to add to that like a surgeon. Absolutely. Both back to back. <sighs> yep. First of all, y'all are such birds. No, I would just say that. What, 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 what you guys are saying? What you got to say? You guys are what birds. What you got to say? Both no, it's of not, you. No, it's not, no, we're both, not. Both of you. Run it. Run it. Baby. Not saying that Sierra is a bird because I love Sierra, but I'm no, just Sierra's saying just like, no, you no. know, just fucking to Sierra. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Have you no. have you heard like a surgeon? I haven't. Have you heard I run it? No. Oh. Bitch, and this is why you don't know. Baby. Are you talking about you the queen if, of sex playlist? I love a sex playlist. I'm a sin, I'm a sin girl. Sin. But Hold the on. reason why the reason why the reason <laughs> but I my sex playlists are like I think I can do I run it. I think I can do it. And cuz are they about love? I don't like no, listening no. to I like, run it no. is about <laughs> No, I don't even I know if it. it's like even about like fucking like I just like need like a yeah because a do. groove yeah because Amber likes she likes you know well like you that, say like, girl by the internet yes. yes oh so then it's okay yeah, yeah. okay you're like I run it okay yeah. I trust you Ryan. Like and wow. I trust I trust the boy as well <laughs> I don't trust me she she literally she lied and that's why she couldn't stop fucking laugh, laughing because she ain't shit. I just want the record to motherfucking show. We gonna leave the podcast. We right gonna end the podcast go with this motherfucking moment. Amber motherfucking Milan ain't shit and she don't trust my musical taste. And she does this to me all the time, y'all. But I got good musical taste. You and do I'm- have good music. You have great musical taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do. Mm-hmm. I I believe that you have great mm-hmm. musical taste. Anyways, thank y'all for always, as always, for coming, Ryan. Thank you so much. Woo! Thank y'all for having you me. You were one of our gold guests, so oh I'm God, very excited. It. Yes, yes, because yes, I've been saying this since season one. Yes, ah! yeah, yes. Come I've on. been following you for a minute. Guess me up. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Your Twitter name. <laughs> 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 come on, guess me up. You know, I'm so my Twitter is so dry now. It's so fucking yeah, dry. Yeah, you said you'd be lurking. I'd be lurking. I'll just be I'll just be liking your shit. I got it. Okay. Look. But I don't um, steal shit. That's something. Ah, ah, ah. Clear. Because you know the girls. Because the girls do. They like to lurk and steal. Or they like to come on your show then steal. Woo. Spice it up then. So. Uh, and then say that. Stand by. And then say say that they didn't actually steal. We would never be that bold. Oh, we got to talk about this on the the after show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. But, you know, we still support black women. (laughs) I love love this bussy after show. (laughs) 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 All right. Shout out to y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.